listening to Hockey Night in New York, the premier live podcast covering the New York Islanders and the NHL at large. Here's your hosts, Sean Cuthbert and Tony Stubby. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Hockey Night in New York. Welcome to the program, everyone. It is Sunday, October 6, 2019. The puck has dropped on the regular season. The roster has been finalized. We are finally in the swing of the 2019-2020 regular season. Great show coming up for you tonight. Brian Compton of NHL.com will be joining us. My name is Tony. <laughs> My name is Sean Cuthbert. With me, as always, is Mr. Tony Stabile. Tony, how are you? How does it feel to be Tony Stabile? For a, for a very for- brief moment, I almost introduced myself as Tony Stabile. You, you, you were, and actually, so I actually I got to ask you that question for once. So, uh, I, I, how's it how's it feel? It feels Tony? strange. It is. It feels strange. Welcome to my life. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Welcome to my life. So, folks, thanks a lot for tuning in. Islanders with a big win tonight, 4-1 to over the Jets. They make up for the loss against the Washington Capitals on Friday. We'll dive into all of that. We'll talk about the roster. Plenty going on. Brian Compton's going to join us later on in the show, basically to help us close it out at around 11.15. Let's get some of the... uh you know, uh, let's get some stuff out of the way here. Uh, last week, we had a, you know, we told you guys we had the new software that we're using. We migrated over to a new hosting site. Had a little trouble with the level, so we apologize to any of you guys who had trouble here on the show last week. We're hoping that uh, you have a much better experience this week. Please let us know. We're constantly working on it, and we want to make sure that the sound quality is up to snuff for you guys as good as it can be. So thanks for coming back and listening to us. So with that out of the way, just want to remind everybody to remember to like, subscribe, leave us some reviews up on the sites, all on your favorite podcasting providers. That helps us out. We really appreciate it. And with that, Tony, the season is underway. You got the tough Friday night loss to the Washington Capitals opening night. The Caps already had a couple of games under their belt. They looked a little more comfortable out there. Isles had a little trouble scoring. They dropped that one two to one. That's Semi of Arlamov's debut game. Then they come back tonight, back at home at the Coliseum. The Jets come in, and the Islanders look a lot more like themselves from last season. They take care of business. They get a big 4-1 to win. The offense finally explodes here, and they're 1-1 one one out of the gate to start this season. So with that said, Tony, how does it feel to be Tony Stabile? Well, I, I I'll tell you, I I, I liked Friday's game. Uh, you know, obviously the, the lack of scoring is it's something that everyone is going to everyone is worried about going into this season. Everyone felt that they needed they needed more offense, and then you know the go out in the first night, and you know the only goalie they get is off three different skates uh, behind um, Ilya Samsonov, right, that was wild, yeah, which is which was crazy. Devon Taves with the first goal of the season, but honestly, I mean, they really uh, in the second period, I thought they controlled the play a lot. Uh, I felt Washington played a really good game. I mean, they really smothered the Islanders. That they did a really good job of getting the puck out of the zone. Um, you know, the young goaltender made the saves he had to make when he when when he had to. Uh, the second goal that Varlamov gave off, uh, you know, is not what it gave up was not was not terrible. The first one, I think he'd like to have back, but I thought Varlamov was 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 solid in his first start. Uh, so I, I, you know, it's just it's just one of those games where you know it's a, it's a really good team that you know the game could go either way. They just didn't get the scoring they wanted. Now you fast forward to tonight, you have right. a team that you know is obviously uh, you know hurting a little bit on defense. Dustin Bufflin is kind of in limbo; he doesn't know what he's going to be doing. 
you know, he's, he's sitting out to start to, uh, at the start of the season. They lose Josh Morrissey, who's pretty much their number one defenseman at this right. point. They lose him in pregame warm up, so he doesn't yeah, play in the game. Yeah, what happened? You know, they said it's a it's an upper body injury that he sustained during during warm ups. I mean, you never okay. want a guy to go down in warm ups, but of course, I mean that. But that's that's a big loss for them because he's really their number one guy now. And they lost Tyler Myers over the offseason. Tra- I mean, the defense yeah, they, is certainly depleted compared to what they absolutely. had last I year. Mean, they, you know, they trade Jacob Truba. They bring back uh, uh, Neil Pionk, who they, you know, they really like. Right. But uh, he's not a top pairing defenseman. You know, he's a guy who kind of fits into the scheme. You know, it's right. It's Morrissey it was supposed to be Bufflin. They're very loaded up front. A lot there's a lot of speculation in Winnipeg about you know maybe moving one of those younger forwards up in the front to try to get something back on D. Mm-hmm. You know, that'll have to be seen. But I mean, if you look at the way the Islanders played today. Uh, you had Brock Nelson, who I thought, you know, had, you know, kind of continued where he was. We're in Brocktober, so we know what we're <laughs> yes, going to get we are. from. Tis you know, the season. You know what you're going to get from Brock in October. So uh, he, I thought he had a really strong game today. Um, they, they, you know, they score the early power play goal, which is really great to see. T- Thomas Grice, very, very solid in net. So, you know, I, I think they played two solid games. You know, they're one and one, which is, you know, again, it's fine, especially with, a, you know, with Washington being in here on Friday. And you know they move forward, so I'm, I'm I I don't have I don't have any com, you know I don't have any concerns after the first two games saying God this team's not going to score or they're not going to be able to do it I I don't really have concerns right. that way right yeah absolutely oh, don't think I didn't get texts from people after after the Friday night loss <laughs> are we in trouble we're not scoring it's a pre- Look, believe me I got three of them on Saturday morning when I woke up it it's was not eye on the country if 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 fans aren't sweating every loss and and every missed opportunity I mean that's just the way it goes and I mean that's part of what makes it fun I guess but. Yeah, two games in, you know, it's 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 early. Let's let's see. Let's see how things Pump go. The brakes. Pump exactly. The brakes. Look, and tonight should have been, you know, a, a, at least an encouraging sign for anybody who might have been a little upset after Friday night's loss. But again, I mentioned at the top of the show, Washington already had a couple games under their belt. They're already in regular season mode. This is first game for the Isles, shaking off some rust, and you know. The, the pucks weren't going in for him, but all in all, you know, 2-1 loss against one of the top teams in the in the league, I'm not too worried about it because, you know, you look at what happened tonight and you say, okay, there we go. That's the Islanders we know and love, and I think we're going to see more results like tonight as opposed to what we saw on Friday, so 80 games to go, so let's just see how everything unfolds. I think after the first two, people should be feeling all right, but before we dive any deeper into those games, let's just talk about what happened prior to the week prior. You have the final roster cuts, and we'll talk a little bit about who stayed, who went, and I guess how that's going to affect this franchise going forward, because I think there were there were a couple of surprises for people. Naturally, there were some disappointments for people, because that's just how these things go. I heard, I've heard, I heard that. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about it real quick. I think, you know, we'll start on a positive note here, and something I think a lot of us expected before uh, training camp even, you know, got underway here, but Noah Dobson, he makes the team. Whether or not he stays for the full season remains to be seen. I personally think he will. I do. Him. We we've obviously seen that he's not going to get into every game because he hasn't gotten one yet. They went with the the veterans. They went with Johnny Boychuk for the first two games. I think maybe after getting the first win o- under their belt, maybe we might see something different on Tuesday against Edmonton. Maybe we'll talk to Brian a little bit about bit about that. See what he thinks. But Noah Dobson, he's wearing number eight. He is a member of the New York Islanders, and like I said, I think he's going to get the full se- season. I don't think he's going back to juniors. And he, he hasn't been 100 percent healthy. He uh, he tweaked right. something the other day, right. so I th- you know they wanted him to be 100 percent when he made his debut. Uh, and look, when you have seven healthy NHL defensemen on your team, that you have the luxury of sitting somebody out and saying, "Hey, look, 
you know, he, I think uh, if I I think the report was he was eighty percent healthy uh, uh, Thursday or Friday. Yes. Morning, so yes. Okay, so you wait until he's one hundred. There's no reason you got you got seven D. It's the first couple games of the season, so you know you just you sub boy chuck in. It's it's a it's a good problem to have. I I, I would love to th- I would I would think that Winnipeg would die to have a guy like Johnny Boychuk as their uh, as their seventh D. You know, so most teams <laughs> in the NHL would. He'd be his, he'd probably be their fifth right now. He probably at, at worst. It may be after all the guys we just listed not be, being there could be fourth. No, at they, this I mean point. The, they have an embarrassment of riches right now in defense, and one of those guys we're going to talk about in a little while who didn't even crack the squad, but. Great sign for Noah Dobson. He looked very comfortable in preseason. The team, the team has a lot of confidence in him, and I think we're just going to see him develop as the season goes on. He'll definitely get in soon, whether it's Tuesday against Edmonton or whether it's something you know soon after that. But that's great to see. Another couple of guys that make the team after camp. You have Thomas Kunakel. He's going to be there as you, your utility guy. When we see some injuries, he'll probably you know fill in wherever he has to. He's not on the main roster because Michael Dow Cole made the roster. After camp, this is the first time he's done that. They're actually putting a lot of confidence in him. They, they threw him on that second line with Brock Nelson and Josh Bailey. Mm-hmm. So that's good to see. Let's see how he acclimates himself there. Hasn't looked out of place. And that's Hasn't looked either. out of place yet. No, I don't have a problem with it. And I'm sure as the season goes on, he's going to get more ice time. He's going to look better out there. So that's good to see for him. Then you have Ross Johnston, the boss. He makes the squad. I guess they just want a little muscle there if they need it. Yeah, I, I mean, you saw you saw what he did in that game uh, against the Rangers. Um, he, he's a guy. He's not just a goon. You know, he he can you know go out there and, and play a little bit. You've seen him score some goals out there. So I don't have a problem with Ross Johnston. I mean, you know, he, he fills a role on this team. It's 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 a matter of um, some of the other guys, which I'm sure we're going to get into now. Yes, absolutely. And let's talk about some of those guys. Unfortunately, when some guys make the team, other guys aren't. So we got to the final cuts. And just when you thought maybe the Joshua Hosang saga was over. He kicks the door wide open again. Yes, he does. But maybe, maybe not. Because we have a very interesting situation going on with him. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk about him. He's, he's the first big casualty as a result of these final roster cuts. A lot of fans disappointed he didn't make the team. And look, we, we, we got proof here that it's not just Islanders management that are crazy. Because he got passed through waivers. And nobody claimed him. 30 other teams said thank you, but no thank you. He goes down to Bridgeport, and maybe he quiets that outcry a little bit coming from the Islander fandom saying, why isn't this guy on the team? He's a dynamic offensive player. They're hurting for goals. Why isn't he up there? Clearly there's a reason, and clearly there's a reason why no other team wants him right now. Mm -hmm. So he gets sent down to Bridgeport, and we hear some initial reports that he doesn't show up to Bridgeport, which is accurate, but... I think the the assumption was there in the beginning that, that it was him that it was him that just refused to to show up. We get some clarity from Lou Lamarillo. It turns out that his agent requested a trade, and Lou said, "No problem. I'll see what I can do. Just stay home for now. Mm-hmm. We don't want you at Bridgeport for now for whatever reason. I guess. Look, you requested a trade. Fine, hang out. <laughs> I'll see what I can do." And he said, look, if he can't find the right deal, something that's going to benefit the franchise, he's just going to have him report. He'll be in Bridgeport. And I don't know what that dynamic's going to be like, but the fact is the the player has requested a trade. And, you know, I, I said this last week. I said if he doesn't make the team, I would not be surprised to see this at all. And And there you have it. You know, I mean, the guy's been through how many training camps now? He hasn't cracked the squad. He's obviously frustrated. I mean, he's, he's, a, he's what, 24, 25 now, however many years it's been since he's been drafted. So, look. 
Human, it was, I uh, would want a fresh Dal- start, too. Him and Dal Cole were in the same draft. Right. So I'd be looking for a fresh start, too. Now, you know, we don't know. Look, Lou Lamarillo said all the right things. The guy's a pro. He said, look, he, he did nothing wrong. He said he requested a trade. That's fine. We respect it. And we're going to see what we can do. Now, whether or not there's anything beyond that going on behind the scenes that we don't know about, but the fact of the matter is he didn't make the team and it doesn't sound like he's sound like he's going to be with them anytime soon, although Lou and Barry both kind of said, you know, we still we still have plans for him, whatever that means. I mean, I'm I'm paraphrasing here, but you know, they basically said this this hasn't closed the book on Joshua Hosang. We'll see if that ends up, you know, panning out or not, but the fact of the matter is he didn't make the team, nobody else wants him. So, I guess Tony just Give me your feelings on all that because uh, somehow the saga just con- continues to drag on. Well, look, you know, the waivers thing, him passing through waivers, that's kind of a double-edged sword because, yes, no team wanted him bad enough that would give him an ult- give him a roster spot right off the bat. Uh, okay, uh, you know, I kind of understand that. I mean, you know, uh, you know it's, it's, it's hard at the end of training camp, especially, um, you know, with teams that are trying to set their own rosters. Um so you know you have to pass him. You don't have to pass him through waivers again when you when when you when you would get if if they had if he had picked him up on waivers he would have been able to be sent straight down. Uh, so I I think the teams it's it's kind of a it's kind of a pinch uh, when it's when it's when he's put through waivers at the time he was put through. That being said, if people believed in the talent that Josh Hosang has and we all know that he has somebody would have snatched him up. Right. So I, I think that this should be an eye-opener for him. I, I think that he's getting poor um, advice from his uh, from his agents because if his agents are seeing, uh, you know, see, see him go through waivers and now they, they're they requesting a trade. Like, well, we don't necessarily know if this is the advice from the agent. He might have went to his agent and said, hey, pal, I, I need a trade request. I want out of here. It might have been his decision. We don't been. know. The agent's just speaking for him. I, I don't. I don't see any. I, I don't see how any team that could have had him for nothing and could have sent him, um, you know, d- direct. I mean, he could, they could send him directly to the AHL now because he's already cleared waivers. Mm-hmm. I think that if he had been cho- if he had been picked off waivers, mm-hmm. they would have had to put him through again in order to send him down because he never technically cleared. Right. Waivers. Right. Because there are a lot of people out there saying, "Hey, if." Nobody wanted him when he was free right. during the waiver process. Why would anybody give up an asset well, that's, for him now? And that's the reason, because it's technically not for free, because you would have to devote a roster spot to a guy who you're going to have to put re-put through waivers again. So, I mean, obviously that, that person would, that, you know, the player probably would cast at that point because, you know, you'd be selecting him off waivers the first time. Mm-hmm. But you'd have to tie up a roster spot the first couple of days of the season on a player that you can't use. So. Right. It's kind of, you know, it's it, like I said, it's like kind of a double-edged sword. So now that he's cleared waivers, if he's traded, then they can send him directly to the AHL if they want to. Right. So, but, again, if you're talking about the player and the level of talent that we've all seen from him, you would say that it's a no-brainer. You look at a guy like when Michael Grabner was chosen by the Islanders. Right. He was a guy that no matter what happened or who you had on, you know, you, whoever your last guy on your roster was, that was a was a uh, he was a no brainer pickoff of waivers, right? And that's exactly what should have been the case for Josh Hosang. That's why all Islander fans were up and up in arms saying, "Now we're going to lose this guy for nothing," right? And meanwhile, he's still here. So still here. So <laughs> I, I don't I don't see how anyone he's gives here till he's thirty. I don't see how there's any team that's going to give up an asset to you know to bring him in if no one thought enough to to give him that last roster spot or tie up a roster spot for one game 
to be able to send him to the AHL. I don't see how that's going to happen now unless he's packaged in another trade, unless he's packaged in something else that's going on. But that usually doesn't happen the first week of the season. So I, I don't see it. If I had to guess, I'm going to say Lou gives us about 10 days and then says, look, pal, I got nothing. You, right. You look, should show if, up. if there's a deal out there for him, I mean, I think the Islanders at this point would be happy to get a sixth round pick, you know, on the way back at this point. And I'm sure Hosang will be happy with that, too. And, and, and I imagine that's what Lamarillo is doing right now. He's saying, hey, look, he's available if you want him. This is what it is. And if nobody gives anything up for him, because, look, Lou is selling low. Well, he is selling low. There were there were teams. There were a bunch of teams. I think in that article that was written, I think Arthur Staple put it out over the summer that talked to his junior coach and talked to his uh, his peewee coach and this and that and talked to Brent Thompson, mm-hmm. talked to different coaches along the way. And he had in that story, there were, there were at least 10 to 12 teams that had him on the do not draft under any circumstance. So if you're taking a third of the league that at, at his draft time, right, and said they do not want anything to do with this kid, how many teams are on that list now? I mean, right. is that especially list grown now to twenty? Right, to because they've seen they've seen from afar that he hasn't been able to crack this Islander lineup, right. and everybody knows that. You know, despite putting up one hundred and three points last season, the Islanders aren't exactly putting a dynamo offense up front, and they could use a guy with his talent. It's been said a million times over, so he's still had trouble cracking this lineup. Despite that fact. So, he, yeah, you know what? You make a good point. Maybe maybe that list has grown, and they're just like, you know what? We've seen enough. Nobody wants Good luck, kid. A lot of teams are going to steer clear of him because when you have a player that is labeled as uncoachable, and it's and it started when he was in juniors, and that was the reason why he should have been a top-five talent. based up, He should have been a top-five pick based upon his talent. But the problem is, is that he has this label of being uncoachable, and it's not the fact that he's not a good kid. It's not the fact that he's, you know, he, he's he's a he's a pain in the ass in the room, or he's a pain in the ass at the coaching staff. He's frustrating because you you tell him this is the way you wanted to play, and then he goes out and he does his own thing. And we saw that. We saw that with you know the taking the uh, extra long shifts, not coming off the ice, you know. You know dangling with the puck, all these stupid things that he did that got him sent down and not returned, you know, for a year or two. And that's the reason why, and he's never, you know, he's never really wrapped his arms around the fact that he's his own worst enemy. And once he does that, you know, if he does that at this point, it's not a matter of once he does it, if he does it, if he realizes and looks inside and says, hey, I'm the reason why I'm not on this team. It's not that they don't want to give me a shot. It's that this is the first time that I've shown even a little bit of initiative to to listen and to to do what the coaching staff is asking me on both ends of the ice. Right. He I, maybe he was just expecting, hey, if I do it, I'll get on the team. Yeah. But you know, you have guys. Look, he's Michael Dalcole is a really good is a really nice player. I really like Michael Dalcole. Mm-hmm. But Michael Dalcole worked his ass off this this camp. He did. Okay. And if I think if Josh had come in and done what Michael Dalcole had done, I think the the, the script might have been flipped there. You might be right, but this is where we're at, and the Islanders did fine without Josh Hosang. You can still cite the the nine and one record they had with him in the lineup last year, but I'm pretty sure they would have done pretty close to that whether he was there or not. And they're going to be able to do it this year without him. So it's unfortunate for him. It's unfortunate for anybody who wanted to see him in the lineup. It is what it is, right. and and he's been leapfrogged. I mean, you know, oh, a, a time 100%. and time and time again. I mean, hundred percent. You know, even on the team, even sounds on, like Walsham's going to be that first forward call up. You know, depending on the role that's available, obviously. But I have a feeling it's going to be Walsham before Hosang at well, this point. He's had two. He's he's had two pretty good games in Bridgeport already so far this year. So I mean, that's 
You know, he's he is a kid that has come to camp and opened eyes because he's doing the little things. He's doing everything that they ask him to do. And playing Lamarillo a little bit said of an he's edge. close. And yeah, if Lou's saying he's close, that's that's saying something right there. Because right. you know, last year he said with Devon Tapes, what did he say? He said, you know, oh, we have time, we're going to use it, and right. they sent him back. And you know, what what he he came up after. He played 48 games in the NHL last year. I don't even know if Wallstrom will get to that point. You know, right. Wallstrom could be up by Christmas. You don't know. But it's all going to depend got, on the injuries. He's, he scored his first goal today uh, of the season, and he's uh, he's already on his way. That's good to hear. So we'll talk. So look, we'll see what happens with Hosang. You know, we might get some 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 finality on this whole saga soon if if Lamarinol is able to find a deal. If not, I think he's down on Bridgeport for the foreseeable future, and unless uh, there's just a rash of injuries that happen up up top and. Maybe it's just something we don't have to talk about or worry about for a while. <laughs> yeah, it just, or, it's, it's gone on and on and on. Or, and let's just play devil's advocate because it's fun. Or he reports and let's see what happens. Sure. I mean, Maybe the, he finally lights the league up because he hasn't been doing that either since he nah, was down I mean, there No, I mean, he's, he's part, been so. about, what, three quarters of a point per game since he's been in the AHL, which is, Maybe. which is, I mean, it's good, but right. it's not it's not screaming, you know, hey, you need to have this guy in your roster. I mean, remember when Josh Bailey was struggling uh, as a younger player, and they sent him to Bridgeport, and he played like 11 games down there, and he had like 26 points in 11 games. That's what they've expected Josh to do. Right, right. So, uh, anyway, let's move on from him for now. Let's let's talk about another guy on the team who unfortunately was a casualty of the cutting process when they made the final roster, and that is defenseman Thomas Hickey. All-around lovable guy in the locker room. He was a leader, even if he wasn't one of the top guys in the team. And he ends up just being a victim of the numbers game. We talk about how deep this defense is up and down the franchise, and you have Noah Dobson coming in and basically you know, demanding a roster spot because of how he's performed. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm still a little surprised by the fact that they, they cut Hickey, that they waived him so early. I thought maybe we would have seen one of the forwards go down, maybe Johnston, just to make room for him. I thought the Islanders were going to start with eight defensemen. I, th- I think it was – I actually think it was, a, it was a planned move because it really worked out well for them because they, they, they sent him down at a time where before – you know they, they, maybe they looked at rosters and said, you know, there's no real injuries right now. First week right. of the season comes in, you got a guy, then you, you know, so they probably tried to sneak him through the way that they did, mm-hmm. and that's why they did it when they did it. So uh, it, it doesn't, it, it makes sense. He's there, and look, I love Thomas Hickey. All right, his his, his first year with the Islanders, I, I was having, I was talking to him in, in the locker room after one of the games, and I I said something to him like I, one of, I phrased one of the questions like you, you seem to be getting better and better with every shift that you're out there more and more comfortable, and literally he looked at me. And after I finished my question, he said, first of all, thank you so much for saying that. I really appreciate that. Like, that's just the <laughs> humble kid that Thomas Hickey was. Like, this is a guy who was chosen in what, it was fourth overall by the L.A. Kings, could never crack their lineup, comes here on a wa- on, on, on waivers, right? He, he ends up playing, what, let's see, the 10th most games in uh, Islander defenseman history. Uh, you know, I think he's got the 10th most games for defensemen in Islander history right yeah, now. Yeah, he's up on the list. He's up there. It's 10 and, or not. Right, yeah. but, and he, and, I mean, so you, you, just a kid who's humble like that, and to hear his quote saying, am I – Am I am I mad? Am I upset about this? No, I, I really wish that things would have worked out, and I want to get back. So I intend on being here and doing whatever, anything that I have to do. Yeah, no, he's he's been well respected, you know, in the locker room for 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 all this time. You, you hear his praises being sung all the time, and you know it's a shame when a guy like that ends up 
you know, fallen victim to the numbers game. But I, I am certain that this is not going to be the last that we've seen of Thomas Hickey because we, we've talked about many times in the show just how healthy this team was last year, particularly on defense. And and it's funny, too, because it ended up being him getting an injury last year is what pretty much cost him his, his roster spot. You got Taves that came in. He stole the job. And, I mean, he earned it. And Hickey kind of ended up being being on the on the short end of that, too. And, and then another young defenseman comes right. in this year and pushes him completely off the roster. Right, right. And, and I guess part of the reason why I thought he might have still stuck around is just because – you know, if you look at the whole defensive setup, you look at Dobson, he's a he's a right-sided defenseman, so I thought maybe Hickey would still stick around just because he's on the left side. We have heard and read that they did it, it appears that they did try to send Hickey in a deal somewhere. I think Arthur Staple wrote about that that they tried to unload him, it just didn't work out. Mm-hmm. Maybe if and when we do see some injuries on some other teams, maybe Thomas Hickey will be moved for something. We'll see. But with the way things are now, I think it's fantastic that if injuries happen to happen to befall this squad as the season goes on he is a grateful first call up to bring in on that uh, defense no question no question he's, he's an nhl defenseman he should not be playing in the hl he should be in the nhl someplace and for the money and the term that he has on his deal some team i cannot believe that some team did not take a chance on him I, and again i understand yeah. at the time you know the reason why it's it's you know the roster crunch and and this and that and whatever and I understand all of that but I mean Thomas Hickey should be playing in the NHL and he will play in the NHL again. There's no question about that. Whether it's, it's on the aisles or elsewhere, right? Someone somewhere will have an injury on defense. Look, Winnipeg, you know, Winnipeg, <laughs> right. Winnipeg, you know, and I, I just I, I just read that Paul Maurice said that it was precautionary why they kept Morrissey out of the lineup okay. tonight. So okay. doesn't seem like it's a long term kind of a thing. Okay. I mean, it's just a tweak or Good whatnot. But I mean, there there are definitely going to be teams that are going to suffer injuries. Um, I, I believe uh, I, th- I think in Buffalo already they had uh, I think Montour is out of the lineup now. He's uh, he's out for a bit. So you know, yeah, there's rough. There are teams that are going to lose defensemen early on, maybe for you know three to four months or whatever the case may be, and they're going to come knocking on the Islanders' door because the Islanders have these you know these guys available. Yeah, you never know. It's it's still early, but again, once once injuries start to mount, and you might see some movement. So we'll see. No question. We'll see. And and you know what, Hickey's also been a real good soldier. You know, he was interviewed about it, and he said, "I'm not angry." He said, "I'm just going to bust my ass." I mean, again, power phrasing, but <laughs> basically, he said, yeah, "I'm just going to bust my ass down I'm, here and right, do make sure I get I myself back up there." Right. Right. And and that's the right attitude to have, and I expect nothing less from Thomas. Hickey, and he's so. not he's not he's not whole you know be, and that and, and it's 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 so funny because there's two completely polar opposites. You have a guy in Hickey that should be pissed off because right. he had a regular spot, he lost it on an injury, which you know in the NHL hardly ever happens. Right. But he loses his job because of an injury, then he loses his job because of a first round pick that comes over and come you know comes in and and outplays him in junior, you know from junior. And he's on the AHL roster now, and he's willing to go down there and do whatever he has to do to get back. And then you have a kid like Hosang, who in the in the years past has you know has hasn't lived up to what they've expected him to do. Gets sent down again because of a you know because of a quote unquote numbers crunch, and he's the one that is is looking to get out of town. So, yeah. I a, mean, the tale of two different stories completely. Sure. And I and I and I believe that Lou is would love to have had the two of them down there together because. There's a story to be told with Josh Hosang and Thomas Hickey being intertwined in this whole thing of having to go through waivers and now being at the in Bridgeport at two different points in their career. Yeah, no question about it, and we'll keep an eye on that. We'll see how that unfolds. We'll see if they end up stick with the franchise for a little, little while, or maybe you know Lou not only finds a deal for Hosang, but he finds one for Hickey too. Yeah. You know, so we'll see. Moving on, I guess another another roster news. Andrew Ladd, the the forgotten man, he's he's practicing again with the team in a no contact jersey. Who? 
Yeah, exactly. Number 16, left wing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Andrew Ladd. <laughs> right. all about him. Yeah, it's it's easy to do because, you know, he he, he when he when he hangs around, he's not around for for long. <laughs> he plays a couple games. I noticed that about he him. Gets, he gets hurt. That. And then he just kind of disappears. And, you know, you want to talk about somebody who's got to be frustrated. That guy is because, I mean, ever since he signed with this team, everybody knows he just has not been able to have a, a steady – you know, consistency of games here with the squad, and if, whether it's age catching up with him, whatever the case may be, the guy just hasn't been able to stay healthy. Well, the injuries now definitely are mounting with, you know, having ACLs torn in both legs, in both knees, and, you know, but this is a guy who's had tremendous, you know, tremendous success through his career, you know. Yeah. I mean, he's a guy who, who worked hard, was a high draft pick, won Stanley Cups. I mean, he, he's a guy who's been around, he's been a captain. It was a good sign for the Islanders. I mean, was it a little too long the deal? Yeah, obviously. All those... And you knew that eventually the injuries were going to catch up with him just because right. he had been healthy for a good portion of his career. But I don't think anybody would have expected, you know, the level of zero that the he Islanders just have gotten. He had any luck just staying healthy. So, look, I mean, it's it's news, I guess. He's he's practicing with the team. He's in a no-contact jersey. We don't know what that means. Well, Lou said he's they saying not until – after Thanksgiving, I think it's late November. Is that right? Whether he's even right. even close to being to returning, so I don't think we see him. So I guess if we see him before New Year's, I'd be shocked. Before New Year's, uh, yeah, because if wow. he's not, even if he's not, if he's not into contact, if he's just skating, well, there's a lot of time between now and New Year's. No, I know, but they're say, if he's <laughs> saying at, 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 at he's saying no contact before the end of November. Yeah, I mean it's going to take him two or three weeks minimum to get you know to get into game shape. No, he's been he's been out off the ice for almost a year. Well, he's on the ice now, and I yeah, guess we'll yeah, see. I'm talking about game. I'm talking no, about I game understand. Ice, I understand. But look, he, he's skating with the team, so I don't know. I don't know if that means he's he's out until New Year's. But we but we knew that this was going to take a little while before he got back on the squad. So he look, he's there, and I I don't know. Like I I, I for his sake. I hope I hope it gets back on the ice soon, but I, it's going to create a very interesting situation if the remainder of the team stays healthy, and you kind of just wonder where he slots in, whose spot he takes, and cause I you, think cause it would be Johnson's spot at that point. I mean, what, oh, what well, else are you going to do? As I far mean, as on the literal twenty-three man roster, sure, it might be Johnson, it might be Kunakle, but I'm saying Andrew Ladd's not a guy that they're going to have in the press box. I mean, Lou more or less already said that. If and when he's ready to go, he's going to play. He's going to be on the squad. So that's when you start looking at Dal Cole, B- Bavillier. Yeah. I mean, who comes? Who comes? You know, out of that roster if everybody's healthy. If everyone, they healthy. certainly won't rush his return. I suppose if no, everybody's healthy. Gonna, but well, they're not going to rush him. But I mean, the, the right thing now. is, is that they're going to give him an opportunity to show if he's the Andrew Lad of old. That's what's going to come down. And then yeah. you know, and, and Barry Trotz spoke lonely about Andrew Lad in a couple of games that he played last season before yeah, he's he a had fan. the. He's a fan. Yeah. So I mean, he feels that he can bring a dynamic to this team uh he's a leader on the ice there's no there's no questioning that i mean you know because we haven't gotten the production we thought we were going to get for the five and a half million dollars they're paying him but that doesn't mean that he's not an asset to the team yeah so it's just a matter of seeing what he looks like when he comes in uh if he's able to contribute and if there's someone you know well look we've seen from barry that if there's someone that can contribute he has no problem putting that person in the lineup. Thomas Hickey is a perfect example because he didn't take Devon Taves out jack capuano 
probably would have taken Devontae out of the lineup and given his job back to Hickey. <laughs> yeah, okay, because maybe. that's because Jack was very loyal to his guys. Right. And forty, you know, whatever it was, thirty six games, thirty games of Devontae's, hey, we gotta go back to Hickey. It's his job. Right. Uh, so but Barry has shown that he's gonna play the guy who is, you know, who's essential to the team or is is gonna help the team in, in any way he can. So I don't think that we have any doubt that if Andrew Ladd comes into the lineup and he's not producing or he's not able to play up to the level that it's expected of him that someone else will get that spot. Right, right. All right, so I think we co- pretty much covered camp and, and the roster movements, right? We can move on, talk talk about the games now, talk about Friday night a little more in depth. Yeah, I I, I, I think that we've we've circled the roster pretty well on this, okay. uh, on this segment. So the season is underway, folks. They start the season at home against the Washington Capitals Friday night. I had the pleasure of being able to go to that game. That was a lot of fun. A lot of fans came out. A lot of excitement in the air great stuff you have Devin setting up the yes men tent out in the lot you have plenty of fans tailgating everybody's having a good time great stuff a lot of fun and unfortunately you don't get the result that you're looking for but again Washington Capitals they're going to be another top team in this division if the Islanders are going to be fighting for the for the Metro they're probably going to be fighting with the Caps they're going to be one of those teams you have them coming in Friday night with a a rookie goalie Ilya Samsonov he makes his NHL debut and maybe at that point, if you're an Islander fan, you're saying, okay, this is going to be a loss because <laughs> it seems like Always whenever, happens. whenever they Always end up facing happens. a rookie goalie or something I actually had, of that I, nature. I said shutout, but, I mean, I'm glad they got the <laughs> – It almost I'm, was. I, I'm glad they got the pinball goal at least. So. Right, right. Yeah, for sure. So, for whatever reason, some kind of magic that has to do with the New York Islanders facing a new goalie, they always tend to make them look like Patrick Waugh in their NHL debuts. and. I don't know if he looked like Wah that night, but look, he only let up one goal. That was a total fluke. He ends up getting the win, and again, you have a little frustration on offense. This was, you know, an issue that everybody knew was was a was an issue last season. Everybody wondering how it's going to be this year. You have that first game, and the Washington Capitals come in, and they pretty much clamp the Islanders down. And, you know, you look at uh, on the other side of the crease, you have Varlamov getting his first game as a New York Islander. Maybe we can talk a little bit about him, what you thought about his game. You did mention you mentioned the goals earlier. The first goal he should have had. The first goal yeah. he should have had. That was he had he, he had half of it. Right. He Right. He got a piece of it. He didn't get it. But look, I, I'm not going to I'm not going to roast the guy, you know, for the first goal he lets in on the season. You know, it's 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 a season. You know, started for him too. Everybody's trying to get back into into game shape here and into into the regular season mode. He was interviewed after the game. He even said, you know, that the the speed between the the preseason and the regular season was was noticeable. He said he, he had to make an adjustment there. Mm-hmm. You know, call it an excuse if you want. But look, I think all in all, you know, even though he got the L and he had that soft goal to, in, to begin with, I don't. I think that's going to be more few few and further between as the season goes on. Right. I'm comfortable with him in there. I'm curious to get your thoughts on 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 you know his performance and and how you think that maybe just this whole Varlamov Grice dynamic is going to go. Is it going to go similarly to what we saw with Leonard last year? We already kind of saw some hints. I don't know if you saw a Staples piece in the Athletic that he thinks that maybe the Islanders maybe ride him a little more than they did with Leonard. They they might go maybe more towards 50 games or so with Varlamov if he's playing well and maybe not doing the split. Although. You see a performance like tonight, tonight out of Thomas Grice. He played fantastic. Makes you wonder who's going to get the start on Tuesday against Edmonton. But go ahead, Tony. What do you what do you have to say? No, I I, I agree with you. I think that uh, I think it's going to be interesting to see what Barry does. Um, Barry tends to like to ride his goaltender. You know, he likes to have a true number one and then a backup. But in the situation he has, with, especially with Grice here, you know, 
it's a split time kind of a thing because you can't keep Thomas Grice off the ice too long uh, because he gives you a, a game like he did today. I mean, he didn't. He wasn't. He didn't look especially sharp in the preseason, but he's looked. He looked fantastic today. So. Right. You know, you, you, you're going to have to get him into the lineup. I, I do think that the, he will tend to ride Varlamov a little bit more. Uh, and then, look, if, if the ultimate goal here is to bring Ilya Sorokin over and to pair him with Varlamov, he's going to be doing this He's going to be doing this pairing thing for at least another two years. So he's going to do it this year. He's probably going to do it next year. And then maybe, you know, the, the tie turns and then he goes to, you know, a different type of scenario where maybe he's going to ride one goalie more than the other. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, really, for the foreseeable future, this is the way that it's going to be. So Grice is, is, is going to force... If he continues to force Barry to put him out onto the ice, he's going to have to, you know, put him out there every third game, and that's against what Barry has always done in his career. But it's a it's a beautiful thing to have. It's a beautiful problem. I to was have. just about to say it was a great problem to have last year, and if it shakes out this way, you know, the same way this year, I mean, who cares, right? I, I don't I don't care who gets the majority of the starts. I just care that whoever's in net is getting wins. It right. doesn't matter to me. The fact that you have this goalie tandem for years, this team this team suffered. With with these retread goalies and and you know guys who came out of nowhere. I mean you know Kevin Poulin and you know Dwayne Rollison <laughs> at the end of his career. Jan Denis. Jan Denis. <laughs> Joey McDonald. Oh please, I wasn't even going to go down that road. Dwayne Rollison, Marty Biron, uh, Al Montoya. Al I mean Montoya. you know like you had all of these guys who who at one point or another because it of, was an unstable be- position right, for a while uh, and it all started with DiPietro's injuries. Well, once, once well that's what threw it off because right. you couldn't get another goal. Only because you, you, you had a you didn't want to commit long term to a position that you already had committed long term to. <laughs> right. So, I, you rough know, times, look, rough times. it is. But, you know, to, to the fact that this team is so deep in goal now that you have these two guys who are, you know, solid NHL goaltenders, no question. Yeah. And then to have, you know, a, a terrific prospect, you know, on the verge of, 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 of coming to North America and then having two other, you know, young goaltenders, too, that are that are pretty highly thought of. I mean, Linus Soderstrom, you know, you got to finally get a chance to see he lost a year of uh, a development. Jacob Skarrick is is generally considered, a, you know, a pretty good young goaltender as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, so you, you have some depth there where you never had it before. And to see these, you know, these younger guys, and like even at the HL level, you know, the two guys that they have there. I mean, I know they haven't had two good first games, but Jared Caro and 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 Chris Gibson are 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 solid AHL goaltenders. So, right. you know, it's 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 a position now that I feel that you know the Islanders have taken that it's been like a black hole for so many years, and they've actually turned it into somewhat of a strength. Yeah, and and that's look, I don't I don't think this guy got enough credit. You know, back when he was with the team, and that's you know, this started this this you know solidity in net for this team started with that Halak Grice tandem. I guess you can go back and say it started with Halak and Johnson, even though Johnson wasn't exactly the best backup, and he ended up going elsewhere. But once they brought Grice in, and you had Halak and Grice, I think uh, that was really the 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 steadying of the goaltending. And for whatever reason, I remember fans not being too high on Halak, but I thought he I thought he had a very solid career with this team. And he's a guy I wouldn't have minded having him stick around. And he actually just had a shutout the other night with Boston. Apparently, in both of his debuts, last year and this year, shutouts each game. He, look, he's a, a good goaltender. Locke had a phenomenal year last year. He, he actually took minutes away from Tuka Rask, right. which and you know, you, we all know how good Tuka Rask is. So, right. 
You know, Halak, yeah, Halak had a good career here. It was very, it was a weird kind of a thing. He, he got sent to the AHL and yeah. he lost his game for a while, but he went down there and he was a good soldier. Again, uh, you know, a perfect uh, example from what we were talking about earlier. I forgot that happened. Yeah, the and then he, he comes thing, back and he, he, he brings himself back into into contention for, uh, you know, almost got them into the playoffs at the end of that year. Remember, they, they started playing, playing him that year. Um and then, uh, yeah, at a very unheralded signing in, in Thomas Grice. And he has been, other than the the year that they had the, you know, historically horrible year on defense with Doug Waite, you know, Grice has been an outst- probably, the, I would say, the top backup in the NHL at this point. And now he's he's not, I, I can't even consider him a backup. He's definitely a 1B kind of a guy. I don't know if he could handle playing 50 games, 55 games a year. Well, but this guy is as solid as they come at for 40, 45 games. No, we saw, you know, it seemed like if Grice got a longer stretch than like three games, it seemed like... You know, he would he would he would almost have like a bad game every like you know if he had like three straight starts, three four straight starts, it seemed like it was always inevitable that one of the you know that that last one in that stretch was going to be a rough one for whatever reason. It seemed like not just, real, not the year that they went to the playoffs. He was he practically won them that series that they played against oh, Florida. He no, was, no he was doubt about it. When, when Halak was hurt and he took over, he he was absolutely fantastic. He but was. I just I I feel like I recall there was a lot of instances where. If Grice kind of, you know, yanked because it was always kind of a tug of war, right, between Grice and Halak. You would, mm-hmm. you would see, you know, who was performing well. And it's and, and even last year with Laner, it seemed like if you gave him just one star too many, we, we saw that he, he would have a rough game and you'd kind of need to go back the other way. It does so seem I think to wear just, down a little bit. Yeah. It definitely does seem to wear down a little I bit. I feel like, and they and they kind of, you know, perfected that situation last year and they kind of they kind of realized that. And, and that's how they were able to create such a good balance and dynamic between him and Laner. And matchups, season. too. I mean, he, he against certain yes. teams, he is dominant right. against certain right. teams. Actually, I was kind of surprised because he was really against against Washington. I thought he was going to start Friday. But I, I thought that I think that Barry was was given a little bit of a statement like, hey, this is, you know, game one. This is a new, new starter. is right. a new guy. He's going to get the start. And Varlama, I mean, honestly, I thought Varlama played really, really well. It's just the one goal. Uh, early on, that you know, I mean, look, he, I can't, I really can't fault him. He got a, you know, he did get a piece of it. Is he got a goal? He should have stopped, probably. Of but course, he stopped, you know, five or six shots through the second period that probably should have been goals, and, and he stopped them. So. Yeah, and that second goal that he let in, look, it was it was on the power play. There was a block. I think it was Komarov. He blocked the shot. The puck just landed on Oshie's stick. He was in it the was, spot. It was, he just it, put it in. There's yeah, nothing was, that Varlamov could have done about that. Exactly. One. No, there wasn't. It was. He had no chance on the second one. The first one, like I said. But I mean, he he came up big uh, on, on a number of different occasions. Very common collective out there, you know. There's no panic in his game whatsoever. I I, I was I, I was, you know, I'm impressed by by what I've seen from Semyon Varlamov so far as a year. And and Grice just every time you know you think that you know you can write him off, he just comes back with another you know you know solid. The only goal he gave up was to Liney today, and there's not a goal in the NHL that would have stopped that that the shot by Liney. So I mean. It, they, they, it's a really, really good problem to have because they are, they are really, they're, they're really set right now. Yeah, without question. Just D back, D goaltending. It just seems like this team is is very deep. They have a lot of good options, and and that should end up being a strength this year, just like it was last year. And just out of curiosity, since we were talking about this 
this goaltender carousel of the New York Islanders. I decided to go take a look and see what Chicago's done so far. They've only played one game, and that was Friday night against the Flyers, and Corey Crawford got the start. They dropped that one 4-3. So Robin mm-hmm. Leonard has yet to get into a game. He, and, he got hurt, too, I think. He, he had uh, he had, a, he had a, like a nagging hip thing. Leonard? Uh, yeah, Leonard. Oh, really? Oh, did, what, did I say somebody else? No, no, you uh, said Leonard. I just oh, didn't yeah. realize. Yeah, yeah, no, He I think he he, uh, he tweaked something towards the end of camp, and I, and I don't think he – I'm not oh. sure he's 100% healthy, so. Well, so look at look at how Chicago starts the season. They play Friday. Oh, they went. They played the Global Series, so that was out out in Europe, right? Was that? I guess. I'm, oh, I'm that's looking. yeah. That's yes. Because so they, they played them out in Europe. So because I'm looking at the schedule and they had yeah because they played it like like eleven o'clock in the morning, right? Uh, that I'm not sure, but I, you know you're probably right. But I see that they had that game Friday night. And then they're off for five days. They don't play again until this Thursday. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's because they got to get back, you know, that whole thing, get back from Europe and all that. So we haven't seen Robin Leonard start for the Chicago Blackhawks yet. I'm sure everybody's just a little curious to see how he does over there because everybody's wondering if he's going to be able to maintain those numbers he had last year. Yeah, I don't think I, he not is. In, I, that in, not in front of that defense. I mean, that the, the Chicago's defense is, was right. was was. Not historically bad as the Islanders were two years ago, but they were not good last year. So that's that is going to definitely be an, an interesting thing for Robin Leonard. And you know, I did hear some of the chanting, or you know, some some there was some chanting. You know, we want Leonard after really? the second goal went in. I'm like, guys, like, uh, come on! I didn't like, hear that. Like, I, mean, like it, I didn't hear where I was sitting. It's it, it, it's unnecessary. It's just there, it's unnecessary. There's just look. There's gonna be portions I of the fan know. base you just can't please. I, I know. It's just know. every just, fan base has them. I'm just just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. But have you gotten to watch uh, any other games around the league? Just you know, I because I, the only reason I say because I caught the 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 last part of the third period in overtime with Montreal and Toronto. What a wild game that was, bro! I love games like this early on in the season. The only thing I saw from that game, and I guess it's all I really needed to see, was the 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 penalty taken, the captain thing. Oh, bro! I watched it live. It was hilarious. I'm so like, he throws the stick at at, at, at Petrie. Petrie. At the puck, he, not even at Petrie. If he had right. thrown at Petrie, it would have just been a penalty. He threw it at his stick. With the, you and can't he do stick. that. That's not allowed. That is, that is a penalty that shot. That was pe- the right call. Where no, regardless of where you're throwing your stick, you throw the stick, that's a penalty shot. So he goes in, and he scores, and they end up taking the game in a shootout. It was, it was, well, they were down 4-1, to one, right? They were down 4-1. to one. They went up 5-4, to four, and then Matthews scored on a absolutely perfect shot underneath the crossbar to tie it. And then they lose in the shoot. It's it was yeah. well as everybody's been saying on the internet. You hate to see it. You hate to see it. <laughs> you just you really hate, hate to see, see it. it. But man, it was it was. I love I love those wild kind of games. Uh, Montreal, you could smell it, especially after you know when they were on that power play, they were pressing a little bit. And when he made that play, I, I look. I was I was sitting with, with my buddy, and I'm like. That's the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Well, like, why how, would he well, do how that? How about how about the clip they got of Max Domi? No, no, I didn't. I didn't see that. I, that oh, I didn't you didn't see, see him chirping Kapanen and after he did it. No, he, I didn't. He, uh, there was there was an expletive involved, but they just oh, happened to catch God. him yelling over at the bench of Kapanen and basically calling him a, an effing idiot. Oh, it was that's, great. That's yeah, at a boy. Cappy. But you saw the look. You saw the look on his face when he was on the bench. Like, God damn it! Yeah, I can't was, believe he scored. <laughs> yeah, ba- Babcock probably wasn't happy about that. Yeah, one. you think? <laughs> uh, it was that, that was a wild game. I just yeah, I, I just happened to catch the end of it there. 
and it was big, <laughs> the only reason I put it on because we had because I was at a, I was at an engagement party, so we were sitting oh. and we had the game on the phone, mm. and we had it was fantasy implications. Oh, we fantasy had implications. we had fantasy implications on both sides. So this is we just happened to turn it on. And we we're like, hey, let's see what's going on. And, sure, and there it was. So it was it was, it was wild game. That's uh, you like to see those kind of games, especially <laughs> early on in the season. Yeah, especially you know when you get the result going the other way, if you know what I mean. But now yes. that you've you've brought that team up, the Maple Loafs, real quick. I guess I j- I'm curious to get your get your opinion on number 91 getting the C in Toronto. I, uh, am I surprised? No, I'm not surprised at all. Uh, I think that could have went multiple ways. I actually thought it was going to be Austin Matthews to be to be honest with you if they nah, were going to name somebody. I, I this is this is the thing. When they I mean, gave Matthews, let me say I don't care. No, no, I don't, <laughs> I don't give I don't a care. crap. I don't care either. But but might as well the, might as well touch on it. The the thi- when when they gave Matthews more money than Tavares, that was to me that was the indication he was getting the C mm-hmm. because it was like you could go back to Matthews at that point and say, hey, look, bro, you're paying we're paying you more than him. <laughs> he's accomplished more than you've accomplished at this point in your career. So he's you know. Do you think Shanahan or Dubas said, hey, look, bro? No, no, <laughs> I, maybe not. But I mean, I, that's the way I'd handle it. I'd handle that. I, I just would have been like, bro, bro, no, no, nah, bro, come on. Nah. So yeah, it's look. I, the, I, that to me is the reason. That was the indicator that they were going to give him the C. And then everything that happened, even if they had, even if it was down to the two of them, everything that happened with Matthews this off season, there was no way they could give him the C. There was no way. There was no way they could have done it. Not after everything that happened. He hid it from the team. He didn't say anything. They had to go to him after they found out about it. There was no way that they were going to do that. Even if they had, even if it was 50-50 down the line, he he eliminated himself from that point. And he had that whole issue, right, with that got out. Apparently. That's my point. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, the whole thing. Like yeah. he had a whole incident. Yeah. It happened. He never told anybody. Dubas found out about it on Twitter. Had to go back to Matthews and then ask him what happened. And then Matthews fessed up to it. Yeah. And he says, "Oh, he handled it. You know, he handled it like a pro. Yeah, he handled it like a pro because you, you're your general manager sitting in front of you asking you about a situation that you know had happened and you never told anybody about from two months ago. Yeah. So yeah, not not a good look for Austin no, Matthews. No, he's off to a very good start this season, which is great for him. God bless him, whatever. But four, uh, you know, four opening." night games four opening night games with a goal he's got like eight goals or nine goals and four you know uh opening night games on the season because because he he debuted what didn't he have four goals in his first ever game a couple years he back he had four goals in so his since game. then he's yep. i think he's had four or five and so he's he's started a season off with a goal in every every opener so far no he's, he, he's a pretty he, good hockey he's player. a pretty good hockey player he is and you know I, that the the just just to touch on the Tavares thing yeah i'm not surprised that he got it mm. I, I thought that the whole pomp and circumstance of them giving it to him was just like completely overdone like are you surprised at what they've been doing with this guy no, since I mean, last been, year remember remember the whole and, you know and, 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 uh, we you know you might have got booed in new york johnny but we love you it's a, if, and if there's any kitties listen just <laughs> put the john tavares day or whatever it was if there's right? any any kitties listen right now what just put joke. the earmuffs on but they've been jerking this guy off literally from the minute that they signed him i mean it's real <laughs> let's call a spade a spade there's yeah. a sony tony soundbite right well, there. It's, it is i'm sure i'll get twitter quotes on that for this week but I mean, that's really what's been going on yeah, since I they got so. the guy. So, like, it's been this whole, you know, they've all had this whole love fest and all. And that's, and, exactly and that's wonderful. And God, you know, that's that's what they want to do. And sure. But I mean, I, I, I literally I watched it without sound on on Twitter, like the first six minutes of this stupid thing. 
And I'm like, I'm like, it's a long time. Yeah. Well, you know, when he walked in, he saw the kid and I was Uh, like, you know, I didn't see any of that, thankfully. No, they had a whole. But, you know, this was the thing. They had like four minutes before he even came in the office. It was just her, and they were they were sewing. They showed you them sewing the C on the jersey. Oh, is that why there was a picture and of the baby had, on the desk? Yeah, and because uh, they gave the ki- they gave the baby the jersey adorable. with the C on it, and then wow. Shanahan's there, like a, 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 a Shanahan's holding the baby like a football. I, it was re- oh, bro, it was really. <laughs> I'm, I'm watching this thing, and I'm like, I'm what so the- glad I didn't see that. Oh, you ha- you got to go back and actually watch it because it's pathetic. No, I don't want to. It's see Shanahan. It. No, thank you. Shanahan's holding the kid now, and I'm like, really? Like, is there a director back? They're saying like, "All right, hold the kid now and, and, and stare him in the face." And I'm like, "What? What the hell is this?" So I, I don't know. I whatever. It, you know, this is the way they've been doing this thing with him, and and he's loving it. So that's what he needed. If he needed to be, you know, coddled or whatever, that's that's fine. You're getting all that up there now. So well, I, I kind of said on Twitter, it's just it's just for any any of us petty onlookers out there. <laughs> It's just, if, if now he doesn't win a cup with the C on his chest, uh, you know what? I'm okay with that. <laughs> I'm okay. Uh, Can't captain the team to look, a cup. Uh, the guy, the guy had a do? great year last year. Yeah, he had he a great did. year last he year. I, I, you give Kyle Dubas a lot of credit. He he remade their defense. I have no idea how he's able to fit all these contracts underneath the, the cap. Uh, what he has zero flexibility. So if yeah, anybody the, the goes window down, is tight, he's man. screwed. The if tight. anything happens for them, so. Yeah. But I mean, look, Tyson Barry has had what four points in his first couple of games. He oh, looks great. Okay. He's going to have seventy points for that. We're going to have this conversation in April. He, that guy's going to be close. To, he's if he stays healthy, he's going to have close to seventy points this great. year. So he's he is an offensive defenseman. You know, he doesn't play much defense, but apparently, all the Morgan Riley, he nobody else really plays much defense up there either. But I mean, that's they. He did a really good job of of, of structuring his cap, getting his guys signed, whatever. That's great. They have very little flexibility, so I, I cannot see how going forward, especially having to sign Anderson and Riley in the, in the coming seasons, how they're going to be able to to work all that out. So someone's going to have to go at some point or another. I guess so, and that'll do it for the 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 Toronto Maple Leaf minute here on Hockey Night in New York. Didn't didn't really plan on going down that road, but that's Either, okay. But I mean, hey, you know, why not? Look, we we cover the Islanders and the NHL at large, Tony. So that that was some of the at large. I got right a soundbite in there, so that was you that did. Was, that man. was a, that you was a did. good spot. You I like did. that. You you vulgar bastard. All right. <laughs> So let's talk a little bit more about tonight. I figure, look, we'll touch on the game against the Jets for the next uh, little bit here. We'll break at 11. And then we got B-Comp coming on at 11.15. Yeah, we'll, do the, we'll, we'll break. We'll do the hero, right? That's at what 11, I'm saying. We'll then, break at 11, uh, come out we'll with have, the hero. We'll do Brian. That'll be great. Exactly, exactly. All right, so goals are plenty tonight, and they come from four different guys, four to one victory. You get Bailey on the board, Nelson on the board, Beauvillier on the board, and Lee, thanks to a fortunate bounce, off a shot from Scott Mayfield, all getting goals, lots of chances. Barzell was generating a lot out there tonight. Thought he might have pocketed one. He did not, but he's looking like his very talented self, skating around everybody and creating offensive opportunities. So we'll talk a little bit about that. You got, as far as the Jets go, we already talked about the guys that they lost on D. They end up getting Line A and Connor under contract. They were RFAs. Everybody was keeping an eye on that. There was a lot of curiosity about whether Line A was going to get dealt. He was almost talking as if he was expecting it to happen. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. He signs a two-year deal, which I think for the money was pretty surprising. Yeah. So I don't know what that means as far as his long-term future, but what, was six six point seven five AAV on that? Yep. So they get Connor on their longer-term deal. I think, what, they gave him seven years? 
Seven years at nine, nine and a half mil, something like that? I, I can check out from but I, I believe okay. it's a, it is a longer-term deal. So, uh, you know, they, it looks like they prioritized a li- him a little bit more. And, and I guess also you look at, you know, there was a lot, there was a lot said about line A, and, and, you know, obviously everybody knows what an offensive talent he is and, and what a pure goal scorer he is. He but is. there's a lot has been said about the rest of his game and, you know, the lack of defense and, you know, that he, that he Lack had. of anything other than scoring goals. Right, right. So, you know, I even, you know, I, I saw some Islander fans going back and forth about the potential of trading for a guy like him, and some guys wanted nothing to do with him because of that. Other guys are like, hey, you look what Barry Trotz did with Ovechkin in Washington. Who's to say he can't do that with, with line A here? But it doesn't matter. He re-signed. Doesn't look like he's going anywhere. And he's the one guy who ends up potting the goal for the Jets tonight against the Islanders. And, you know, I mean, that aside, it was a pretty good, well, well-played well game by the team. Thomas Grice was excellent. We already talked about that. You know, he, he had to stop a couple of breakaways. I think Connor had at least two breakaways on him tonight but it was two, that yeah. he stopped. So Grice was excellent. And, you know, you have this offensive coming out party, and, and you know, hopefully, you know, we see more of that as the season unfolds. And you get Derek Broussard. He gets his first point as an Islander. He got an assist on Bavillier's goal. That's nice to see. Is it too early to, to start talking about Broussard and what you know he's done so far? I mean, we're kind of still wondering you know how he's going to affect this team going forward. I, I actually I've been very impressed with Derek Broussard. Just to, to his, tell his he's a very he is a very smart hockey player. That is that has always been a a. Uh, uh, in, in his scouting report and what, how people describe the way he plays. He is a very, very smart hockey player. He made some very smart plays against Washington. Uh, I thought that that line looked pretty good uh, together. Yeah, yeah, Uncle Leo's what? Got two points now. He's, uh, I think he's tied hey, for... how about that? Uncle Leo, right? PPG Uncle Leo. Yeah, Uncle Leo, a couple <laughs> points. You know, and it, he had a shorthanded breakaway today, which was, uh, you know, it's... Uh, he's never coming out of that lineup. It's not happening. No, to the I, chagrin of many island fans. Watch him, watch him have out. like, watch him have like forty points this year. Like seriously, watch him have like forty hey, points. Hey, somebody's gonna make up for flip, right? Flip on that line. Well, I think Broussard, I think Broussard's gonna more than cover for. I think he flip. is too. I, 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 I think he's offensively talented, and he definitely him and him and Beauvillier looks like they have something going there. You know that French Canadian thing going. I don't know, but it's <laughs> look they they right. they definitely look. <laughs> Comfortable together, that's for sure. Okay. Uh, nice to see Josh Bailey get a couple on, uh, you know, get his first two points uh, on the season today, yeah, which was nice. Yeah. And he he answered the call from the crowd tonight. Did? They had the song going yeah. that right. I that I despise. That's so impressive, by the way, <laughs> just to hear the, the how loud that song has become. I mean, I've been hearing no, it for years. No, it's it's not going anywhere. It's definitely it's, not because it, it's it's been embraced by the team itself. It's mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you see it all over social media now. Look, I, I I appreciate the fact that it brings the fans together, and it's something nice for them to do. I'm just not a fan of the song. <laughs> I think it's lame. <laughs> I think it's lame, but that's okay. I'm just I'm just one guy. If everybody enjoys it and they're having fun, that's all that matters. And today. now Shawnee has his soundbite for tonight. So now we <laughs> each have one each, and we'll both be hearing that's about right. something. That's right. Shawnee is crapping on the Josh Bailey song. Yeah, sorry, don't, don't like it. I don't know, buddy. It's okay. It's gonna it's gonna be a long week. So uh, <laughs> so Brocktober opened up at four thirty eight of the second uh, with his first of the year. I thought Brock Nelson played a really good game on Friday night. I felt I he was thought all... he had a little rough game on Friday night. Well, he took two penalties. He took the two penalties, which which was not good. But I thought he, lo- he was, I thought he looked a lot better tonight. I thought he was all over the ice, which I, I which I kind of liked. I thought he was. Um, I, I like that line. I really do. I, I like the line that uh, that they they put together. 
Um, Del Cole and him seem to have a little something going there. Bailey is just he's just a guy who he you know he he's become the guy who it, it went for you had to play him with one guy. Now he seems that you could put him with anybody, and 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 he and he does his thing out there. So. I'm definitely looking forward to seeing how this line continues to gel as the season goes on. And, and I am by no means making a one-for-one one comparison here. But I kind of feel like that line is almost like a, a a mirror image of what they have going on with the first line. Obviously, Josh Bailey is not Matt Barzell. But I feel like he is more the playmaker guy on that line. He would that fill that goes. role. I feel like Bavillier would be, you know, filling... Uh, sorry, Dal Cole would be fulfilling that Andrews Lee goal, uh, role because he's a guy who's going to park himself in front of the net. He's got a big body. He's got a good shot. And then you have Nelson kind of serving that that Eberly role where he's he's more of a trigger man. He's a guy who's going to be, you know, putting more shots on net. So I just feel like you can kind of line put those two lines next to each other and, and they, they kind of just fulfill the same roles. Now, obviously, you're not going to expect the same production, out of the guys online too, but I just feel like they they kind of stacked them up very very similarly. So I'm curious to see how that unfolds and and if you know Dal Cole is going to be able to get his offensive numbers up, you know, maybe cleaning up the trash that Nelson and perhaps Bailey are putting on the net. You know, well, he, this is this is the pressure that Michael Dal Cole's got on him is that he has to produce. Okay, he he needs to have numbers. It can't just be that he's going to be in and out of the lineup. He is now the second line left wing on this team. If he does not put numbers up, there is a guy in Bridgeport that is banging on the door. That's going to be looking to come in, and Oliver Wallstrom is not going to be down there very long, I don't think. If he if he continues to play the way he's done the first two nights in Bridgeport, if he's you know scoring goals, putting points up, and mm-hmm. and whatever, Dal Cole is is they're not going to go into February waiting for Dal Cole to have tw- you know have twelve points. You know that's that's not going to happen. They, they they need offense. They have an offensive kid in Bridgeport, and that's his position. So. Del Cole's going to have some time to try to get, you know, kind of get things going here. But if he's not producing, you know, the the it's going the heat's going to get turned up on him really quick. Yeah, yeah, I think there's some truth to that. I don't know if they're going to, you know, look to dip down into Bridgeport right away. I think maybe you see something a little more subtle, like flip flop and flip flop and him and Bavillier. In fact, I had thought going into the season that it was it was Bo's spot to lose on that first line left wing side. I thought he was going to be I up agree there. With that. And we see him, you know, getting that third line duty with Broussard and, and Komarov. Hey, maybe it's the whole French. Canadian connection thing you talked about. Oh, it's, it, it's probably not. It probably, probably not. has nothing to do with it whatsoever, but <laughs> that's how they decided sure. to start, start sure. the season. So, yeah, look, I think they're going to give Del Cole a decent amount of games, see how he fulfills that role next to those two guys. I think if it doesn't work out, you probably just see a flip-flop of Bavillier. I see now, but yes, I, I agree that they can flip-flop them, but I, I think that this point, because you have the guy in Bridgeport that, as, as Lou has said, you know, quote-unquote, He's close. That's, you know, he's going to play in a top six. He's not a third-line guy. They're not going to bring him up and play him on a third line. So if Del Cole is not producing, then, you know, and and Bavillier's got a thing going with Broussard, which we saw, I mean, we saw it tonight. You know, we've seen it the last two games. I thought that that line was looked pretty good together. Um, so if, if, if that's the case, you know, Wallstrom is going to come up and play on one of those top two lines. So if Del Cole is not putting the numbers up, there's going to be a point where Oliver Wallstrom is going to give, have an opportunity to, to come up and play at, at some point. You might be right. You might be right. I feel like maybe it's it'll be a little further down the line when we see something like that happens. I think it's going to be more injury-related. I don't think it's going to be. I don't, th- I don't say before, like, the holidays, but I'm saying I don't think they're going to go into, you know, towards the deadline with Del Cole on, on a second-line left wing with, like I said, like 10, 12 points. If, if, he's, if he's producing, 
he stays. If he's not, they have they have options at this point. Okay. Hey, and it's good to have options. It's good to have depth. Um, I guess the last note that I want to leave on that on that game before we break real quick, Scotty Mayfield doing what he was doing last season, just part of what made him break out. I mean, obviously the defensive side of the game is, is has been excellent, but he still he still finds ways to get the puck to the net, and it leads to a goal by Anders Lee. It goes off his skate, and I just – you know, I can't say enough about the development of Scott Mayfield, and I know we've said it a million times in this show if you've been listening the last year or two, but, you know, we our expect, expectations for him were, were so low, you know, in this franchise, maybe being an extra defenseman, and he's really solidified his role as that, you know, right-side defenseman at Devontae's, and I think you have a great great pairing there. You do, absolutely, and uh, you, you have to love, you know, there was two, there's two guys, two young defensemen on this team that we really had kind of written off before last year, and that's Mayfield and Adam Pellick, and I'll tell you, Friday night, Adam Pellick had a, had a, a unspectacular solid game. He was in the right spot. He was deflecting pucks away, strong on the puck, getting the puck out of the zone like he is just become a a mainstay on that top pairing with Pollock and man I, I I he he continues to impress me he's not flashy there's nothing Doesn't flashy about be. his game uh, at all but he is as steady as steady comes and I I love the fact that you have guys on this team because winning teams teams that go far in the playoffs teams that compete for Stanley Cup, this is the type of defensive core you have. You have your offensive guys, you have your stay-at-home steady guys, and then you have your, you know, you have your depth, and this team has all of that. And it's so hard to build. Look at how many teams are trying to do what the Islanders have done, and they have all of these guys. And we haven't even seen Dobson in these in these top six yet, so right. We right. can't wait to see what that looks like. Right. If anybody has a rough game, you got this kid chomping at the bit to get in there. He's so. gonna get he's gonna get in and Without he's going doubt. to play. Without he's a doubt. going to play. All right, Tony, so that was a, a big marathon hour we just had there. No breaks, but we got to take one now. We're going to reset. We're going to do about 10 minutes. We're going to have the Hero of the Week, and then Brian Compton's going to join us at 11.15. So, folks, always appreciate you guys tuning in to Hockey Night in New York with myself, Sean Cuthbert, and Tony Stabile. Remember, you can always tune in live or for the archives at HockeyNightNY.com. We'll be right back. Thank you so much for tuning in to Hockey Night in New York at HockeyNightNY.com, the premier live podcast covering the New York Islanders and the NHL at large from our studios right here on Long Island, hosted by Sean Cuthbert and Tony Stabile. Tune in weekly during the season Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern time for insights on the team, great special guests, and commentary on all the happenings around the league. If you happen to miss us live, all shows can be streamed or downloaded 24 hours a day, seven days a week, at the same address, HockeyNightNY.com. You can also find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Stitcher, where you can subscribe and never miss a show, no matter what your preferred platform. Question for the guys? Comments? Interested in the sponsorship? Please contact us at HockeyNightNewYork at gmail.com for any and all inquiries. We appreciate all the support, and as always, let's go Islanders. Love repping your favorite Long Island hockey team? Can't get enough orange and blue swag? Look no further than Yes Men Outfitters, the independent lifestyle brand born on the island to support the game, the team, and the players you love. Visit YesMenOutfitters.com for a wide selection of themed shirts, hats, hoodies, and yes, even pajamas. All apparel is designed and created in-house with the same passion and dedication as your favorite team on the ice. So upgrade your wardrobe and show off your pride today by visiting YesMenOutfitters.com. And don't forget to use promo code HockeyNightNY for 10% off your order. That's YesMenOutfitters.com. 
Welcome back to the program, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to Hockey Night in New York with Sean Cuthbert and Tony Stabile. And when you hear this song, folks, that means it is time for the hero of the week, the very first one of the brand new 2019-2020 season. And thankfully, the Islanders had a big win tonight, so we can have a hero of the week despite the loss on Friday. So, Tony, I'm going to give you the choice right now. First hero of the week of the season, would you like to go first or would you like to go last? Wow, this is this is, this is an honor. Putting it in your hands, wow, pal. that's pretty cool. I'm going to let you go first. You're going to let me go first? Sure. Fantastic. I like it. I was hoping you were going to say that. And I think, for me, pretty easy choice not to say that there weren't a, your share of of potential heroes in tonight's win against the Winnipeg Jets. But I think the guy I got to go with getting his first win in his first game of the season between the pipes, number one on the ice, perhaps number one in your hearts, Mr. Thomas Grice, hero of the week, 972 save percentage. He had saves on, what, 35 shots in tonight's game? Sorry, 35 saves on 36 shots, only one goal against. I already talked about the breakaway saves that he made on Connor. He looked great tonight. Tony Stabile, Thomas Grice is my hero of the week. What say you, sir? That's a great That's a great choice. I think it is. That is a great choice. If I do say so myself. I, I am going to go in a different direction, and not because Thomas Grice is not deserving, because he absolutely is. But okay. the guy who I'm going to say, it, it, like we just talked about a few minutes ago, is a guy that uh, I think a lot of people thought that was going to compete to be on one of the top two wings uh, got bumped down to the third line, playing with Leo Komarov and Derek Broussard. He has uh, embraced this uh, this uh, this new line uh, these new line mates that he has, and he's got what now three points in the first two games of the season. Uh, puts the nail in the coffin goal early in the third period, uh, his first of the season after assisting on Josh Bailey's goal early in the second period. Anthony Bavillier, want to see it? This kid works his tail off out there. Guys, you know, always love those hard workers. Islander fans have always loved the lunch pail kind of guys. He's got a lot of skill. Very happy with I've seen Sir Anthony Bovillier so far. He's my hero of the week. Buddy, I, I dig it. I think this guy still has some upside that he hasn't tapped into yet. We know that he can score goals when he's feeling confident out there. You know, that's a that's a battle that some of these younger guys have coming into the league. They gotta just get their footing, they gotta establish themselves. So he's been a little up and down since he's he's, you know, solidified a spot on this roster. Maybe the consistency that everybody's looking for hasn't been there exactly so much. But this is a great start. Three points in his first two games. Absolutely. Let's see if he can keep that up. It's a good sign. I keyed on him last week. I said this is a guy who's going to have to take his game to the next level in order to help out with that offensive production that they need. And I think, you know, so far so good. Let's see how it goes. So, Tony, I like the pick. I think they're both solid picks. But I think Thomas Grice was the better pick because it was mine. I'm not shocked by that at all. <laughs> I mean, that's 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 the stick, right? Yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much what I do. Yeah. That's pretty much. No, what that's I exactly do. right. I mean, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, okay, good, good for you. So, folks, there you go. Very first hero of the week. You have Thomas Grice, Anthony Beauvillier. If you disagree, let us know. If you agree, let us know too. We like participation. We, we do want to get a little more participation this season. And I, I have to say, and 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 fans have been fantastic. I mean, we, we've really have gotten some great participation. Uh, on Twitter throughout the whole summer. I'm not even talking about uh, just in the last couple of weeks. Right. Throughout the whole summer. And, uh, you know, I mean, 
you know, we have our uh, we have our things that we put out there. I, mean, I love. Uh, by the way, I, I'm not sure who put it up, but I love the post about moving the dirt around around the site with the picture of the. the cam- <laughs> I, mean, I, I was just that was that was wonderful. I thought that was that was that really hard hitting analysis that we give on the show every week. And uh, I was I was I was taken back. It was it almost <laughs> brought me to tears. So. I'm happy to hear that, Tony. Look, I was, it was, you gotta, it was great. You got to bring the content outside of just the show, right? You got to get out there on social media. You got to, you know, got to try to provide some entertainment for the listeners. And, so, and boy, we're that, trying. That really happened here. That was <laughs> that was great stuff. <laughs> I, and it got like 20 likes, which I even I love hey, even more. So sure. that's that's awesome. People are paying attention. It's good stuff. Yeah. yeah, please keep participating. Let us know what you like, what you don't like about the show. We hope that the the sound quality this week is is better than it was last week. I know we talked about that at the top of the yeah. show. But yeah, hopefully you guys can be a little forgiving. Like we said, the the new hosting site, the new software, we're, we're still acclimating ourselves. We, we have a feeling it's going to be a lot better this week, and we hope you guys stick with us. And anybody who maybe gave us their first chance last week and was turned off by it, we hope you give us another yeah, one. We're, we're, uh, we're sorry. We're sorry about that. It was, <laughs> it was real. It's, it's, it's just, you know, we've, we, we, we've put so much time and so much effort into changing over. And, I mean, we literally spent weeks upon this over the summer talking about it and right. going over different things and, yeah. and, and to have that as the first show yeah, it was, it was after. Hours of testing and whatnot. So, but it is what it is. It is what it is. Thank you for sticking with us. Uh, We love you guys, and uh, you know, and we we hope to uh, to keep to uh, bringing you solid content. So, with that out of the way, we got a few more minutes before before we got Brian on. We're actually going to have to break in in a couple of seconds just to do that. But I guess just looking ahead real quick. I guess we can do it after Brian. We'll look ahead at what what the game's coming up because we pretty much got to get Brian on now. So I know we just broke. Folks, but we're going to take one more quick one just so we can get Brian in here and then we'll get his thoughts on the first two games and what we got going forward with the New York Islanders. And then we're going to wrap things up. So, folks, once more, appreciate you tuning in. Remember, you can always tune in live or for the archives at HockeyNightNY.com. When we come back, the deputy managing editor for NHL.com, Mr. Brian Compton, will be joining us. We'll be right back. Thank you so much for tuning in to Hockey Night in New York at HockeyNightNY.com, the premier live podcast covering the New York Islanders and the NHL at large from our studios right here on Long Island, hosted by Sean Cuthbert and Tony Stabile. Tune in weekly during the season Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern time for insights on the team, great special guests, and commentary on all the happenings around the league. If you happen to miss us live, all shows can be streamed or downloaded 24 hours a day, seven days a week at the same address, HockeyNightNY.com. You can also find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Stitcher, where you can subscribe and never miss a show, no matter what your preferred platform. Question for the guys? Comments? Interested in the sponsorship? Please contact us at HockeyNightNewYork at gmail.com for any and all inquiries. We appreciate all the support, and as always, let's go Islanders. Love repping your favorite Long Island hockey team? Can't get enough orange and blue swag? Look no further than Yes Men Outfitters, the independent lifestyle brand born on the island to support the game, the team, and the players you love. Visit YesMenOutfitters.com for a wide selection of themed shirts, hats, hoodies, and yes, even pajamas. All apparel is designed and created in-house with the same passion and dedication as your favorite team on the ice. So upgrade your wardrobe and show off your pride today by visiting YesMenOutfitters.com. And don't forget to use promo code HockeyNightNY for 10% off your order. That's YesMenOutfitters.com.
Welcome back to the program, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to Hockey Night in New York with Sean Cuthbert and Tony Stabile. Joining us right now, the Deputy Managing Editor for NHL.com, Mr. Brian Compton. Brian, how are we doing, pal? Doing great, fellas. How are you? Doing very well. Great to have you back on the show. Hope you had a great summer. The puck is officially dropped on the regular season. We are excited and raring to go. Before we talk about what the Islanders have done in these first opening games here, on the ice. Just wanted to talk real quick about the final roster decisions, what happened at the end of camp and preseason, maybe get your thoughts on, on what they what decisions they made and then we'll take it from there. So let's start there. Any any surprises for you? Anything you you thought might have happened that didn't? Uh what do you, what do you think of the fact that Hosang and Hickey end up going down through through waivers and they stick with Dobson, they stick with Kunakle, they stick with Johnson. Give us some thoughts there. Yeah, I'm not really surprised about any of it, Tony, to be honest with you. Um, I, I expected months ago that Billy Dobson was going to, at the very least, start the, start the season here in New York. And, uh, you know, there's only so many spots available, particularly on that blue line. Uh, you already have Johnny Boychuk, uh, who's making $6 million bucks. So somebody was going to have to go. It, it sounds like Lou has tried to trade uh, Thomas Hickey over these past few months. Couldn't find a, a deal. Obviously, has a few years left on his contract, so uh, you know, not surprisingly, he cleared. Uh, and more importantly, I'm just glad he's okay because that hit looked pretty vicious down in Bridgeport last night. Yeah, absolutely. So, is is he going to miss any time as a result of that, or it looks like he's, he's no? Pretty... He played today. He oh, he did today, which is crazy. Yeah, I mean, I, it looked for sure, especially with his with his prior history that you know you guys know uh, that's what got Devontae here in the first place. The fact that he was able to suit up and play today, uh, it's a great sign moving forward. Obviously. Yeah, without question, and I guess just because we have to, and this this saga seems to continue, maybe maybe we're finally getting some finality on this whole Josh Hosang story with the New York Islanders. You thought maybe after he doesn't crack the team, he might get grabbed on waivers, and, and that's the end of it. But he passes through all other thirty teams, let him go down to Bridgeport, and now he, his agent is requesting a trade. What do you make of all this, and 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 where do you think it all ends up? Yeah, I mean, look, it, I know Lou t- told us uh, a few days back that if he can't find a deal for Josh, that he's going to go to Bridgeport. I don't buy it, gents. Uh, I just don't. I think if, if when push comes to shove, I could see a scenario where they just mutually terminate his contract and wow. he either ends up in Europe or he catches on somewhere else on a minor league deal somewhere. Uh, I thought it was very noble of him to say that he would play in the NHL if, he, if somebody uh, agrees to trade for him. Uh, just the, the stuff that's coming out of his camp to me, fellas. I mean, we've, we've talked about this ad nauseum over the past couple of years. It, it's crazy. Um, there's no denying his skill. Um, I think at, at the very least, when he did clear waivers, what it should do uh, among Styles Twitter is quiet the notion that they could just get a top six forward for him via trade. I mean, you had 30 teams who could have picked him up for nothing, and, and they passed. So I think that's a telltale sign. Absolutely, Brian. Uh, thanks for doing this tonight. We uh, appreciate it. I know you worked the game tonight. Um, Noah Dobson came into camp, uh, did a really, really nice job, showcased himself. Um, it showed basically that uh, that he's he's uh, the top prospect in this organization. Talk a little bit about what he what you've seen from him and what we can expect to see from him going forward. Yeah, a lot of poise, Tony. Uh, that's for sure. I mean, it looks like he can play. Uh, in the NHL right now, I mean, I know Barry told us that he, he tweaked something late in camp, which is why we haven't seen him yet. And then he said that, you know, the fact that they started the season against the Caps, uh, that played a little bit of a role as to why he didn't play Friday. Um, and then again, we didn't see him tonight. Is that because he tweaked? 
tweak something or is that because they just want to play Johnny Boychuk again? I don't know what the case is, uh, um, but there is a plan in place. We've asked Barry multiple times and he keeps telling us that there is a plan. Uh, I would imagine that he's going to play at some point this week. Uh, if they didn't want him to play against Alex Ovechkin, I can't imagine that they want to play him against Connor McDavid on Tuesday night. So uh, maybe they wait until Friday in Carolina or Saturday at home against Florida. Uh, we'll see how it goes. But clearly Noah Dobson is, is going to play uh, at some point, whether he's going to play nine games and they send him back uh, or he plays sporadically or when he plays, he's tr- tremendous and he replaces Johnny Boychuk. Uh, any of those scenarios is possible, so we'll see. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, the other 2018 first-round pick I'd like to talk about is Oliver Wallstrom. Comes in, opened some eyes in camp. I think everyone was a little bit uh, surprised that he had a down year last year after uh, being so high, uh, taking 11th overall in 2018. Has a bad year in college. Goes to Bridgeport, does does some nice things, and then comes to camp, and he, he really opened some eyes, I think. And even Lou, who, you know, Mr., uh, you know, if you have time, you should use it. And he's saying he's close. So, you know, uh, talk a little bit about about Wallstrom and 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 uh, and how close really is he? Yeah, he he's real close. Like said Tony, and like Lou said last week, and you know, he's got NHL size already. He's a big kid. Uh, he's got a nose for the net. He's not afraid to shoot the puck, which is uh, obviously music to, to Islanders fans' ears for yeah, sure. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, and, and, you know, I think I, I mentioned this either yesterday uh, yesterday or today on Twitter. Uh, I know people are begging for a trade here, fellas, and I, and I get it because they do need more scoring punch. I know they, they play well kind of offensively, but uh, we saw the, the problems uh, Friday night against the Caps. I, I think one of the reasons maybe why there hasn't been a trade is because they might think that the solution is already here. Um, and whether that takes a, a few weeks or a couple of months, like we saw with Devontae's last year, um, we'll see how it goes. But I would be shocked if Oliver Wallstrom is not here within the next few months. Yeah, I, I would have to agree with that. I mean, I, I was very impressed by what I've seen from him. So, and uh, and everything you hear out of his mouth is just you know is all positive stuff. So I'm I'm excited to see him play. Uh, the other new addition, uh, uh, one of the other new additions, Derek Broussard. Uh, we've gotten a chance to see him on that third line. Uh, I really like what I've seen from him so far. He's very smart uh, out there. Uh, got his first point today. Uh, talk a little bit about what he's brought uh, to the team so far. Yeah, and I like Tony that that he's played on the PK. I think that you know that's good, and they brought that up during camp uh, because once Val left, you needed somebody to fill our role. And I know I banged on the drum for, for Brian Boyle for a long time because I, I thought it'd be a more seamless transition. Uh, but Derek has welcomed this opportunity with open arms. He's looking for some stability after last year bouncing around playing for a few teams. So, uh, you know, is he going to be that 25 goal guy again that we saw a few years back with the Rangers? I, I doubt it. Um, but if he can contribute, particularly on the power play where they obviously uh, needed an injection, and it was obviously a nice goal there for Josh Bailey tonight. Uh, if he can help in those areas and provide a veteran presence in the room, I think it's going to be beneficial for all parties here moving forward. Oh, without a doubt, Brian. And, and now let's talk a little bit more in detail about what happened in these first two games out of the gate. You have the home opener, the season opener Friday night. Washington comes in, still one of the toughest teams in the league. Isles get a little frustrated, can't get too much scoring going on. Maybe Varlamov gives up a softie on his first one. What, what's your assessment yeah. of that first game and how they looked against the Caps? Yeah, I think he just hit the nail on the head. I mean, that's a shot that Varley has to stop, and he was obviously better after that. Um, you know, the Oshie goal was kind of fluky, just a fortuitous bounce. Uh, you know, through traffic in front of the net that Varley didn't see. So uh, I think he's going to be fine moving forward. 
Um, I think, you know, the biggest issue was the third period. They clearly were not the better team uh, in those last 20 minutes. They got pushed around a little bit. They they didn't generate a whole lot, uh, which was frustrating to watch. But, uh, you know, I think the biggest takeaway uh, besides what, what I was just talking about was they're, they're still really, really good defensively, and I think they're only going to get better. I mean, they've played two really good defensive, uh, excuse me, offensively loaded teams here these, these first right. two games. Uh, and they haven't given them a whole lot. I mean, line is goal tonight. Nobody's stopping that. I mean, that was just absurd. Um, but other than that, I mean, you didn't see a whole lot of, Mar- of Mark Shifley. Um, right. You know, Ehlers and Connor had a couple of chances. But other than that, I know they gave up 36 shots. Uh, and, and Grice was obviously very good. But there wasn't a ton of grade-A chances. So uh, it's a really, really good sign that uh, it's all systems go as far as the, as far as the fence here. Right, and let's talk a little bit more about the goaltending. We already we mentioned Varlamov's soft goal. You have a phenomenal game from Grice tonight against the Jets, and I guess that kind of starts to beg to beg the question: Who are we going to see Tuesday against Edmonton? How is this going to shake out? <laughs> how how similar is this going to be to the Leonard Grice dynamic they had last season? We know that it's kind of been teased. I think already that if if they can, they may try to lean on one goalie over the other, which which you would think is going to be Varlamov, but. You know, you, you see the performances over these last two games. How do you see this shaking out? Yeah, well, the contract and the AAV tells you that Valero's going to play more than Grice. I mean, right. that, that's just logic, right? But uh, if Thomas Grice continues to play like we saw tonight, uh, it's going to be more, I think, uh, of a scenario that, that we saw last year with Thomas and Robin Leonard. So uh, I think it's a great you know, situation moving forward here. They're going to push each other. I asked Barry about the, the relationship that they have um after the game tonight and he said that they're very um you know selfless people they're they're you know they're happy for the other guy uh they're going to push each other here so it's a really good relationship um but if thomas rice continues to play well i don't see a scenario here where some of our fans are playing 55 or 60 games i just don't i i think i agree with you there too brian and just to expand on i guess the personalities of these individuals varlamov being the new guy coming in Anything, uh, anything interesting with him coming in and being a, being this new personality in the locker room? Uh, maybe how the dynamic that that he's he's shown so far, you know, with Grice, and also just look. I mean, you're going to be interviewing the guy for the rest of the season. What what have you gotten from him so far? <laughs> no, I mean, he's he's kind of reserved. He's polite. He's, it's a little bit different than Robin. Robin was a little bit more outspoken, and uh, you know, I, I certainly miss the the chirping that went that went on between Robin and, and Leo Kamara. I mean, that was just <laughs> comedy day in and day out. So I'm going right. to miss that. I'm moving forward but uh you know he's a good guy um he's happy to be here he's obviously got some, uh, some stability here signing that four-year contract so um i think he's gonna he has really fit seamlessly into what what i've been talking about for years this is a terrific room with all the character guys that they have absolutely and uh the, the other the other thing we talked about a little bit earlier in the show is that uh you know the two, the two guys who were basically two years ago had written off after that that you know horrific defensive effort that they had under Doug Waite, and that's Scotty Mayfield and Adam Pellick, and and these guys have come so far. And I thought yeah. Pellick, especially on Friday, was just so solid. You know, he seems to just always be in position. He's he has fully embraced Barry's system. I mean, just talk about these two guys just for a second here, and and how far they've come in the last you know in the last eighteen twenty four months. You know, Tony, it's insane that a year and a half ago, two years ago, people were concerned that Adam Pellick was the next Brian Street. I mean, that's how that's yeah. what the, the situation was in Islanders yeah. country, and uh, the fact that this is the same guy and how well he he's played and has 
I, I think unquestionably he and Ryan Pollock have become their shutdown pair of defense. Yeah. Um, it, it's insane, and it's you know good for him, and you know clearly this coaching staff has done wonders for not just Adam but all these guys. I mean, Ryan Pollock uh, is leaps and bounds better in his own end than when he first got here, and uh, Scotty Mayfield, like you said, has been fantastic. And man, does that contract look good as well as oh, Adam? Yeah. I mean, kudos, kudos to Garth. I mean, you got to give him props for that. Um, but you know, Taze has been the, the transition that Devon made. Um, from the American League to the pros was just so seamless. And uh, here we are. We're, I mean, the, the time on ice is pretty balanced, one through six. Um, but we live in a world now where Nick Letty and Johnny Boychuk is the third pair. It's crazy. Yeah, that's bananas just given, you know, what they've meant to this team on the defensive side for the last few years. So it just shows you that, that this youth is really coming up and, and, you know, making a case to steal some minutes from these guys. And, again, we keep saying the same phrase, but it's a great problem to have. And one more guy I want to touch on uh, made made the team out of camp. He's playing left wing on that second line, so he's getting a lot of responsibility. We're seeing him next to Brock Nelson and, and Josh Bailey is Michael Del Cole. Uh, how do you like him fitting there on that line? Do you think he's going to be able to, you know, raise his game to to keep his production up? You know, a, a, for a guy that everybody kind of started to forget about not too long ago, he 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 showed that he was a valuable player on the team last year, and, and they're putting even more faith into him now. You think that he's going to be able to rise to the level of playing top six minutes for this team? Well, you know, Shawnee, he better because we were just talking about Oliver Walsh from a few minutes ago. I mean, that's the spot. Let's be honest. I mean, if Michael Dalcold does not contribute a hero these next couple of months, uh, and Oliver Walsh is scoring goals like we saw today, he's going to take that spot because everybody else, we pretty much know who's playing where, right? So um, that's the glaring hole. And, and obviously, Dalcold's getting the first shot here, as I think he should. Uh, I thought he played well in the spots that he had last year. I think it was a you know small sample size, twenty eight games, whatever it was. Um, but this guy was a, a goal-scoring machine in junior. Uh, I think if, he, if he's going to uh, produce here in New York, he's got to be put in the best you know spot available, uh, and that's what he has right now. And he's not afraid to go to those dirty areas. He's not the best guy in the world. We all know that. Uh, but if, he, if he's good on the forecheck and he's not afraid to go to the front of the net and you know conceivably contribute on the power play, uh, he has to do those things if he's going to maintain a top-six role here. Yeah, absolutely. And and Brian, the last one I'll leave you with before we let you go here, and we might have already mentioned this guy's name already, but is there any player that you're kind of keeping your eye on for this season that, that you're looking to break out or have a big season that's going to end up factoring into this team, repeating the success that they had last year, maybe whether it's a guy like Dal Colbavillier, whomever it may be? Is there anybody you're kind of thinking is going to step up and elevate their game, maybe like Devon Taves did last year? Yeah, I think Bovillier is the guy, uh, at least of the people who are already here. Uh, I really liked what I saw from him tonight, and I think he knows that he's got to do more offensively and, more importantly, more consistently. Uh, if he does that, it alleviates uh, you know, all, all the concerns that everybody has about the lack of offense on this hockey team because look, we've already seen it. Matt Barzell can't do this alone. Uh, as entertaining as he is to watch, and he's already had a, a ton of uh, quality chances here over these first few, a couple of games. I mean, we've seen a few video game situations for Matthew already that are just absurd. I think he snapped that guy's ankles tonight. I mean, it was crazy. But, um, you know, I think Bo is the guy of the people who are here uh, who has to be more consistent offensively uh, if the owners are going to take this next step that everybody's envisioning here. I'm with you there, Brian. Hopefully we see a big year from Anthony Bavillier and really glad to have you back on the show for this new season. Thanks a lot for joining us and giving us some time and looking forward to having you on down the road. 
Always a pleasure, boys. Thanks for having me. Take care. You got it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Brian Compton, the deputy managing editor over at NHL.com. Always a pleasure to have that gentleman on the show. Gave us some great stuff. Tony, anything you want to touch on with our little interview with Brian before we start to uh, just look ahead at the week, and then we'll start to wrap things up a little bit here. No, just uh, interested. To, you know, interesting to hear what he had to say, especially about you know the Wallstrom thing that we talked about earlier. Just uh, um, you know, with Dal, you know, being tied to Dal Cole. I mean, uh, you know, I, I, I we spoke about that earlier, which I thought that was interesting. Uh, hearing his uh, thoughts on the goalies. You know, looking like it's going to be, uh, he thinks it's going to be more of a split time thing like it was with Leonard and Grice. So mm-hmm. that's an interesting, that's an interesting fact there. And, uh, you know, I, I, I mean, I, I don't think you can look at these last two games and he, he, he hit the nail on the head. You know, these are two really high powered offenses that came in these first, these, these last two right. games. Right. And they, they scored three goals. So, right. I mean, you know, that's, uh, that, that's, that's your feather in your cap right there for a young defensive team and, uh, you know, for what we're going to see down the road here. So uh, I think we're, uh, you know, we're, we're looking at another, you know, fun season, hopefully. I think we are, Tony. And you, you, you highlight the, the defense and the, and the lack of goals against in these first two games. And look, that's, that's the levy that everybody thinks is going to break this year for the Islanders. Any of these pundits and experts talking about expectations for the Islanders this year is that there's no way they're going to be able to repeat the defensive and goaltending numbers that they had last season. And, and that may end up being the case but first two against the Caps and the Jets, three goals. That's not bad. That's yeah, it's insulting to Barry Trotz too. I mean, you know, the fact that he doesn't, they don't, people don't think that he's he, he has the ability or the personnel to be able to. It doesn't have to be exactly the same as it was last right. year, but to duplicate the type of season that they had last year and be able to end up in that ninety-five, ninety-seven, ninety-nine point range that they did last season. I mean, yeah, I mean, you you had unbelievable goaltending out of Leonard, but if you you get similar goaltending and you have the defense that you had, I, I don't see why this team cannot continue to do what it did last season. Yeah, and I guess again, it's 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 super early to draw any kind of com- conclusions from, but they did go one for one on the power play tonight, so that's good. Uh, yeah, well, they're, I'm, I'm, they're actually getting Jim Hiller's uh, Islander Hall of Fame plaque ready ah! as we speak because he's 100. percent So uh, yeah, you know, 100 percent good for him. Good hey, for him. Look, I mean. It's again. It's so early. So every little ob- observation we make at this point is is, is got to be taken with such a grain of salt. We really have to see how this team settles in to the season. You know, you kind of have a tale of two games already, where they had such a hard time scoring in the first game. They pot four goals against you know a leaky defense in the, in the Jets tonight. So you know we'll just we'll just see how October goes. We talked about how it it took them some time to to really get settled in last year. October was pretty mediocre. So. If they get a better start this year because of all the familiar personnel they brought back, then they're already kind of ahead of the game. So, you know, definitely got to keep an eye on the power play, see how that goes. But the fact that they were able to get a power play goal tonight against the Jets, I mean, hey, I mean, might as well give credit where it's due, right? Power, I think power play has looked much more dynamic than it did last year. They looked lost most of the season last year. And uh, I like the way that they've looked so far this year. So we'll just have to see how it progresses and how it continues. Absolutely. And I guess one other little note on tonight's game against the Jets is the attendance, which uh, was was not good for a, a weekend game. Now, I guess you can talk about Sunday night is not was. exactly Saturday night, but I mean, oh, absolutely it was not. Everybody's, under, everybody's got work tomorrow. Shade I under 10,000. 9,923. 
And maybe for a Sunday, you're looking for an earlier start, you know, whether it's a 1, 3, 5 o'clock five o'clock, start. I would have thought. It's but. a little odd that, you know, they started the game at 7, I feel like. Not only that, but I, I don't know if this had any effect on it because you would think that it would it would end up with more fans in the seat. But, you know, this this game was originally slated, I believe, to be at the Barclays Center and then ended up getting transfer. moved to the Coliseum. Mm-hmm. Uh, did that have an effect? I, I don't know. But, I mean, it is a little... It's so funny because you look at Friday night, and look, everybody gets excited about the home opener, but not only did they did they sell the building out, but the, the tickets were going for what you would consider, at least for an Islander game, they were going for a premium, you know what I mean? Right. And then two nights later, they Less they can't 10, even crack 10,000. You know, I mean, that doesn't it's it's disappointing to see. It doesn't bother me. Like, I'm not, you know, sitting here wagging my finger at the fan base and saying, what the hell, guys, where, right. you know, right. look, you do whatever the hell you want with your time. <laughs> you want to watch the game at home? You want to go to the bar and watch the game? That doesn't bother me. I really don't care as long as the team wins. So, you know, that being said. You know, for a professional so, franchise, and less look, than ten thousand a weekend, though. Yeah, but you see, this is the other thing, and this is why. And a team that had had, had success last year. You yeah, know, I agree, but you also have to remember that you're in the middle of the NFL season right now. Okay, the Giants yeah. and the Giants played at home at one o'clock today, so you're going to have there's a there's a portion of your fan base that is already taken out. That's why the NHL typically doesn't do a lot of Sunday. You know, a lot of Sunday games early on in the season. Yeah. They typically wait till the NFL season is is wrapping up before they start right. ramping up those Sunday night games. So, right. I mean, you know, I, I I mean, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna you know say anything. To, I mean, it, you know, if it was seven thousand tonight, I would be concerned. But ninety nine hundred, <laughs> I mean, it's you know, it's it, it's close. I mean, there's only twelve thousand in the building anyway. So thirteen and change. Is it? Is it? Yeah, it's thirteen and so, change. So yeah. I mean, honestly, it's I don't I don't really think it's that big of a deal, but. You know, like I said, it's 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 in the NFL. I mean, if you care about optics, I guess, but I I really don't. You know, no, I don't. I mean, (laughs) right? Some people do. Some people. Some people are upset about it. Look, I'm not going to tell people how to spend their money. You know, as long as the as long as the team shows up and wins the game, that's all that matters to me. And and if and if they continue to have games like tonight, they're going to have more fans in the seats. You know, and 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 perhaps another issue is for whatever reason it took them forever to release the individual games. As far as the tickets go, yep. we know that was more than likely tied into waiting to hu- find out how many games are moving over from Barclays. One to the and two, I think they wanted to announce it at the groundbreaking, you know, part of that whole right. thing. So maybe right. they waited an extra week or so in order to have it come out at that time. So right. that might be tied to something. Yeah, I guess so. So maybe maybe that had something to do with it. I'm really curious to see how Tuesday looks against the Oilers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, night, I mean, Edmonton. Yeah, Tuesday night. But I would. I mean, you like, got Connor McDavid. That's what I'm saying. I would like to think yeah, that Connor McDavid is gonna is, is gonna get at least a few fannies in the seats. Maybe, but I feel like tickets are gonna be pretty affordable on Tuesday, like they were tonight. Uh, well, I heard. I heard you could get in the building for under ten dollars tonight. I had a buddy of mine tell me that. Well, if there's getting, twelve, if there's yeah. tw- you know twenty five hundred seats open, I would say that yeah, <laughs> right. I, it's a pretty the good chance. The resale market wasn't wasn't very wasn't very robust. Right. Wasn't a robust uh, right resale. All right, so before we wrap it up here, let's just look quickly ahead at the at the week ahead. We'll talk about the the teams that the Islanders will be playing, and then and then we'll call this one a show. So Tuesday night, as I just mentioned, you have the Edmonton Oilers coming to town, led by Connor McDavid, Leo Drysaddle, and they have yet again another new head coach. This is the dawn of the Dave Tippett era up in Edmonton. Mm-hmm. We'll see how that goes. New I think general manager. They have new they have their tip top well, topped all the way down. You know, hopefully for that franchise this is finally when they get things together cuz it's just been 
such a mess up there for years. This is a really years. good hire for them, though. Ken Holland is is oh is yeah, as I respected mean, as they the come, resume so. speaks for for itself. What yep. he did up in Detroit, yep. I mean, there's no doubt about that. So you have him up at the top. I think Dave Tippett's a great hiring. He's a guy. You know that before Barry Trotz entered the picture, I would have been happy to see the Islanders get absolutely I, I, very well coached teams. I love always what he very did well down in Arizona, and he had a decent run when he was with Dallas for a bit. Yep. So Dave Tippett, great head coach. We'll see if this is finally a, a turnaround back to the postseason for the Oilers because you have Connor McDavid here, best best player in the league, and he's the only two, touched the postseason once. You got two forty goal scorers. I mean, uh, Drysaddle had one hundred and five points last year, so it fifty goals. That's a lot. It's, yeah. f- it's. I mean, that's. You want to talk about a one-two punch? Yeah. Edmonton's got one of the best one-two punches, you know, in the league. It's just the rest of the and team. But, and, but, and, and then they lose Adam Larson opening night for like. Oh, he's I on, didn't see he's, that. He's on LTIR. Oh wow. He's out for a while. Oh boy, that's a problem. Yeah, he's out for a while. Well, he's that's a another big team that could part, use defense. And man. he's a ve- he's a very big part of that defense. Of course. You know they have Kleppbaum and and um, and Darnell Nurse. I really like Darnell Nurse. I really like him. He's a good hockey player. He's a very good hockey player. I like, yeah. I like Darnell Nurse a lot. But you know Larson is that you know he's that you know shot blocker, physical you know high minutes defenseman. You know, that's a big loss for them, and for a long time. This is not, not talking about weeks. When you put you know, put on LTIR, that's months. Right, right. Well, the Islanders took advantage of the Jets' depleted defense tonight. Maybe they could do it again Tuesday. But they're going to have to keep pucks out of the net, too, because this is another very talented offense that's coming to town. Yep, high-powered offenses coming in. Absolutely. And when you got it, you know, you open the season on a homestand like this, you got to bank as many points as you can. And so. the next two games are not, not any easier. No, they are not. You get to the weekend. Friday, the Islanders go into Carolina. They get their first little taste of revenge against the team that swept them in the postseason last year. I'm sure they have that marked on the calendar. This is another team that made some changes over the offseason. They signed Jake Gardner. They traded Falk out of town. They they traded DeHaan to Chicago. And this is a team who's already hit the ground running. They have three wins already on the season, so mm-hmm. they're looking pretty mm-hmm. good. A lot of pundits out there like them as a favorite in the Metro here. Rod, Rod Brennan-Moore has done an unbelievable job down there. He really has. He, he has. has done a really, really good job. You know, they have some they have some talent up front. They have a lot of talent on D. Slavin, uh, Brett Pesci, uh, Jake Gardner. I mean, look, they, I mean, traded away Calvin DeHaan and, and, and Justin Falk, who are two top four defensemen, and their defense is probably still one of the top in the, in, in the, in the Eastern Conference. So right. you know, it just goes to show you the abundance of riches they've had on, on, the, on the defensive side there. And, uh, yeah, look, Peter Morazic has finally you know become the number one goaltender that everyone thought he was going to be early on in his career. So, you know, give them props. They're they're player. They're a good team. So they're you know, and they, and they lost a captain, no less. Well, freaking captain's not even there, and he's uh, right. And they, right. You know, Jordan Stahl is now the captain of the uh, team. I believe so. And uh, you know, they, they you know, um, Justin Williams was a uh, you know big big had had a lot to do with uh, with their success there last year, and you know they've been able to to press on. So. Yeah, and, and they're beating good teams here out of the gate. I mean, they started against Montreal. They they took that game four to three, but then they go into Washington, beat them three to two, and they uh, they had a comeback victory over over the Lightning tonight, four to three. So they're beating good competition. Right. And look, they're going to be a tough team. So Thursday night, uh, sorry, Friday night's going to be a, a pretty another pretty decent test for the Islanders. As a Saturday. And I love Florida. Saturday, you got the Coach Q era. I love Florida. Down in Florida. They Look, are. They're going to be a much better team than they were last they year. They are. They have some serious talent on that team. Alex Barkov is, oh, my God. He is He is a. He is the real Barkov, deal. Barkov, Trocek, Huberdo. 
Uh, Huberto is another goes one. On. Oh, and, and obviously now they have Bobrovsky in between the pipes Bobrovsky here. On, uh, you know, the defense the defense needs to catch up a little bit. Ekblad is is uh, you know is a top pairing guy, but uh, I, I absolutely love Florida. That's that is a, that is a scary. That's going to be a scary team for a while. They're making the playoffs this year. I don't think there's any doubt. I think I think it all comes if you, down if to you look at shuffling the the playoff deck, I think it's very easy to say on paper, Columbus drops out and Florida takes that spot. Yeah, absolutely. I mean maybe there's some shuffling elsewhere, but I think that to me, that's the first thing that stands out. You see Columbus just because of all the players that they lost. And you look at Florida now with, with Quenville back there and obviously the talent that we just started naming. I think you know Florida. That's a very that's a very tough division now in the, in the, in the yeah. Atlantic. Yeah, it is absolutely yeah. it is. Gonna be Boston, a, yeah, Montreal is. Uh, you know, you saw what they did. Uh, we talked about it earlier with Toronto, and you know, Carey Price is back to playing. You know, type of Carey Price hockey, which is you know, look when you have a guy like that between your pipes, you know, you know what you're going to get from him on a night in night out basis. Right, and they have they have talent all around. Shea Weber is playing like he did a couple of years ago. So, you know. You you look at pretty much that whole division, and you know that's that's a solid division. Is it Columbus is the only is the only exception at this point? Well, here in the Metro, anyway. in the Metro, yeah, right. I, I'm, I'm talking about teams that are you know, on the upswing as opposed to teams that are on the downswing. Right. I mean, this is I feel I mean, like the entire Eastern Conference is on the upswing except for Columbus, which <laughs> they just lost. That's why everybody's on the upswing is because Columbus lost everybody. <laughs> right. Well, look, you look at the Devils, you look at the Rangers. I mean, Rangers they, look good. Rangers look good. Uh, I, I, mean, hey. I think I think Lunk was stole them there uh, that that opening night, and uh, he's going to do but, that over the course of a season. Right, but they dominated Ottawa, which was a good thing to see. Well, I mean, everybody should be dominating Ottawa. Let's yeah, be honest I here. Know, I, I mean, you want to talk about another team? That's, Panarin that's in came, trouble, but Panarin came in, and and I know this viral thing went through with Elias Anderson, you know, uh, tripping on the way in. On the, <laughs> oh, yes. But let me tell you something: the guy that <laughs> left that wire across the ice, he's been reassigned someplace. I'll tell you right now, he's because probably in Hartford. I'm because I'm looking. I'm, he cleared I'm saying, waivers. He's going to be doing, uh, doing oh, he, they, nobody put in a claim for you, you thought you think Osang went, went through waivers quickly this guy forget it I mean how do you yeah. leave how do you make a mistake like that I mean God forbid well, if that well, look, had been, I didn't I didn't watch he the, got hurt can you yeah. imagine well I mean didn't every other player skip over the wire they it were, wasn't there earlier oh I it was see I didn't watch so what happened I was I gap. saw when oh, they boy. I, th- I think I saw what was it when when Kako had come in it wasn't there and then I think when when Anderson came in, it was obviously there, and that's when he got caught on it. But mm-hmm. but I saw earlier when another player had come in, and it wasn't there, and then all of a sudden it was. So, but even even if it Poor had guy. been out and they had been jumping, he's never over, gonna live that down. Uh, you know, I Anderson. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's got other things in his career that he's done that I think that'll take precedence over that. I mean, when he won the <laughs> medal saying, and tossed it into the he's stands, he's gonna have guys busting his chops over for the rest. of Oh life. yeah, well, that's yeah, he, that's not going away anytime soon. <laughs> right. Every every year b- before introductions. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna get a hard time. Mm. That's pretty funny. Yep. So so yeah. I mean, this di- look. It's it's definitely gonna be it's definitely gonna be tougher this year. Just gaining gaining points over these teams in the Eastern Conference. No like question. you said, there's a lot of teams that improved. You know, I mean, you, you look at Florida now. I mean, a lot of new coaches in the Eastern Conference. You got Vigneault with Florida now. Mm. They got Hayes there now. Right. right? Philly. Sorry, I sorry I said Florida. Yeah, I meant Philly. Obviously. Carter Hart is going to be there for a full season, which right. they could, could right. finally quell their uh, goaltending issues that they've had for since Ron Hextall, I think, retired. So, <laughs> right. I mean, they've, yeah, Philly, talk about a goaltending carousel. Yeah, you want to talk about it? We talk about black hole and goal. Jeez, uh, yeah. John Van Beesbrook, uh, and then after that, it's just been nothing in Philly. I I remember. I don't know if we ever did it on and air. But I've gone through that list before. Just the names, the the goalies that they've gone through. Well, they had since Bobrovsky. Then, just, 
Remember they had. Well, Bobrovsky? we all know that. And that was Peter Laviolette. That was that was a bad move by Laviolette. Yeah, that didn't work out well. Yeah, no, that didn't work out well. Yep. Oh well. So, oh well. Well, they're going to be tough for this year too. Philly's going to be tough for. They are no question. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's you got to love you know Claude Giroux and and they, they got the long young talent over there too. Provorov and Gothspare, um, Gothspare, and uh, what's the kid up front? Couturier. He got some serious talent on that team too. So yeah, it's going to be tough. Yeah, and Vigneault, he's going to change it up a little bit. So with a goaltender there, that's that's going to be another team that you got to look for. You got to look out for. Pittsburgh is the only team that I think is is kind of like you don't know whether they're on the way up or down. Yeah, well, you know, you have that that Kessel deal. It's very interesting. They send him down to Arizona, and they end up getting Galchenyuk on the other end of that, mm-hmm. who's still a young, dynamic player. It'll be interesting who's to had see. A really hard time producing on a consistent level. Right, right. So we'll see how he fits in in Pittsburgh. Uh, I mean, just uh, that was such an interesting scenario when you when you hear what came out that that if Kessel wasn't dealt, then Malkin was going to demand a trade elsewhere. I mean, who knows yeah. what ha- what was going on in that locker room? But I was very, very surprised to see that that it, he basically said it's either him or me. Yeah, I, I am. I you know, and that's you don't never you never wanted to get to that point. You give Rutherford credit for for putting that fire out. I mean, look, he traded a guy twice in, in in three weeks, and a player like Phil Kessel to be traded. You know, a player with the reputation of Phil Kessel is yeah. not easy to trade once, let alone twice. Right. So. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he could have done much better than getting Galchenyuk back, especially with the contract that he had. And again, uh, you know, with the type of player that that Kessel is, he is he is as one dimensional as one dimensional gets. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, he literally goes out and just shoots, and then goes back to the bench, and that's it. And apparently, eats uh, hot dogs and cheeseburgers out of the cup. So okay, so good for him. Well, sure, sure. Every everybody's got their own thing, and 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 for some people, it's hot dogs, and then that's okay. Sure, <laughs> that's fine. Absolutely. And I think I think we'll we'll wrap it up there. <laughs> I think we're good. Look, the seas the regular season is underway. We're finally talking about the real games here. Very excited about that. Glad to be starting this new year here at Hockey Night in New York with you, Tony. It's going to be a great time. I love it. We got a couple games coming up this season, and we're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to have some on location shows. We'll talk more about that. I know we already announced the the Rockville Center show and parlay. That's going to be for the uh, Islander Ranger game on Monday, January thirteenth. We have some more stuff to discuss as well. We'll be at Offside Tavern. Going to be a lot of fun. I want to send out a big thanks to Brian Compton of NHL.com for coming on. Always gives us a great spot. And you know what? I think that's it, right? Don't don't I, forget, folks, you can always tune in live for the archives at HockeyNightNY.com, our new hosting site over at Spreaker. And please don't forget, if you are enjoying what you're hearing on the show, please subscribe at your favorite podcast provider. Please rate the show. Give us some reviews. It is very helpful for us, and we appreciate it. And don't forget, you can always hit us up on Twitter. You can email us, HockeyNightNewYork at gmail.com for any comments, questions, anything, any issues with the show, you let us know. We are here for you. For Tony Stabile, my name is Sean Cuthbert. Thank you so much for tuning in. We will see you next week.